Buckle up, everyone, and welcome to Carpool Rugby League, a show where three rugby league tragics talk everything rugby league on your way to or from work. I'm Graham. I'm Shano. And I'm the Chameleon. Welcome aboard and on with the show. Yes, it's Wednesday and you know what that means. It's another episode of Carpool Rugby League and it's good to know that it is actually Wednesday this week. Um, regardless of what I say at the start of the podcast, it is Wednesday. Last week we had a bit of a Wednesday-Monday mixed up. I know what day of the week it is this week, fellas, because we're very fastly approaching uh, the next state of origin. There's still some football to happen this week. Tell you what, guys, there's plenty happening, plenty to talk about. Got a massive show, Shano, but it's good to be on board for a school holiday edition of Carpool Rugby League. Most definitely. I'm looking forward to it. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it was an interesting round last week. Um, you know, uh, Thursday, Friday night, the, I, I, I didn't get to watch the Penrith game and uh, uh, the internet blew up after the game. So I went back and watched it, which was interesting. Saturday's games were good. Look, I thought it was a good round of rugby league. I thought there was some really good footy being played. Um, I didn't realise that Demetrio listens to Carpool. Um, he must have heard the rant and played it back. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and they come up all right in the end. But, um, yeah, it was I, – I, I thought I thought it was funny. There's certain teams that are now rising to the occasion. They're just starting to chug along – um, they're fixing up the few issues that they've had. Uh, there's teams that are just excelling. Penrith, they, they were that yet again they they figured out how to win. Um, and there's probably teams now that are starting to think, what have we got to do? Uh, and and one of those is the Roosters. Um, mm. That's why I thought Friday night's game was such a pivotal game because it really now. It now puts the ball straight into the Roosters' court. They've got some things to fix up. And we'll talk a bit more about the Roosters later. But, you know, when you look at their stats, um, the negative stats, I suppose, they're, they're on the high side of a couple of them. So um, when you look at the teams above them, they're not so bad. So they've got – they just don't have one thing to fix up. They've got quite a few. Yeah. But, you know, looking at looking at rugby league this week, it's – it was good. It was good to watch. As is every week. I've never, I've never had a bad week. Even when your team loses, you can sort of find the silver linings um, in, in in other teams' performances. Yeah, we had a really good week of rugby league. Um, we might as well go straight into the the week that happened last week, Griffo. And the first game we saw on Thursday night was a bit of a bizarre one. Um, the Manly Seagulls thirty six to thirty in the end over the Storm. Uh, I know a few people who. Had the game on in the background. I was one of those, actually, I was watching the game and I ducked out for a bit because Manly were, were, were flogging them. And I come back to see that, that the Storm had a late resurgence. Um, not often we see the Storm on the um, on the lower side of the scoreline. They're, they're in a bit of trouble, actually. Um, uh, while they're sitting second on the competition ladder. On point heads only. Yeah, um, if if they don't get all their players back, they won't win this comp. 
No, um, they, they might not even I, make the grand final. Uh, I agree with you, Griff. That, that venom we were talking about, it's not quite, it's starting to, it's starting to dilute a bit, isn't it? And, and I, I think there's a reason for it. Um, at the, if they've got all their players out there, they, you know, they're, they're either the, the best or the second best team in the comp. But what's happened um, over the last few years, or maybe even a bit longer than that, is that most of their cap is invested in maybe, you know, between four to six players. And then they, um, you know, they put a whole range of foot soldiers around those guys and they've been able to get the job done because those key players, those marquee guys are so good. Um, and and they've, they've got that situation where, you know, you've got Papinhausen, you've got uh, Monster, you've got Hughes, um, Harry Grant. They're their four main men. Um, and Brandon Smith, you know, probably as well at the moment, but he's leaving problem for the storm is that the guys they're putting around them are not as good as the guys they had around them in the past when you had, you know, Slater, Cronk, mm. uh, Smith, the other guys that they had around them were better than the guys they've got at the moment. And because they've got a few injuries, um, Christian Welsh, you know, he's been out all year to be fair. And he's, he's again, one of those guys that are on the, probably better money. Um, Remus Smith, who's a good, good player, he's out as well. And and basically, you've got too many of these guys who are sort of also rans all playing in the team. And they're just not good enough um, against good sides. Uh, you know they'll they'll get the job done against you know the the lesser sides they'll still win because they've still got those key players but when you haven't got all your key players playing um, it's just not enough against teams that are you know half decent like Manly are um, like they struggled when Jerome Hughes was out for a couple of weeks he was there last week. But there was no monster. And I thought about this today. I, um, I don't know if you're familiar with coral reefs at all. You probably are. But mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a symbiotic relationship uh, that uh, exists between the zooxanthellae and the algae, uh, where both of them need each other to survive and thrive. Um, and I think it's a little bit like that with the Melbourne Storm. Uh, with guys like Hughes and Monster, for example, who mm. are great players, both of them, but are not as good if the other guy's not there. Um, so, you know, there was, you know, when Hughes was out, everybody's sort of saying, oh, well, you know, see how good Hughes is. They can't, you know, do the job without him. Well, he was there last week. Papinaz had come back, but there was no Monster. And then it was just, you know, really there was no Melbourne. So there's a few key factors there. When you've got premium talent, you're going to win most games. 
But if the other guys around aren't quite up to the standard, and I've got to say that they're probably not at the moment, a lot of them, particularly in the backs, um, that's why the Storm are losing these games that they, they would have won in the past. That's my thought anyway. Yeah, it's, it's a fair yeah. call there, especially with, you know, big names like Munster out. And, and you make a good point there. The names that are coming in probably aren't the, as strong as some of the names and the depth they've had in the past. And this is where, obviously, too, you see some of those losses over the recent times, like a Nico Hines and so on and so forth, would have been really handy here. But unfortunately for the Storm, not on deck. The Seagulls, on the other hand, they got to win. This is a big win to get, especially when you're scrapping for a top eight spot, Shano. The Seagulls are now in ninth spot. They're two points behind the Dragons. Um, they're ahead of the Roosters. They're ahead of the Raiders. They're just on the fringe there. I think a lot of Manly fans are looking at their run home and thinking that, you know, that the, the top eight should be uh, something that's very achievable for the Seagulls. Um, yeah. I, I look at the Seagulls and I look at little... There's little things. And, and uh, you know, you can talk... Probably later bring it up with the Roosters. But those little effort plays where you think of certain stats that just seem to help teams along. Um, I look at Manly and and they've got their second on the list for the least amount of missed tackles made. Funny enough, I think the Bunnies are first. Um, so, you know, when you look at those little things, like they don't miss tackles and... And they can, they can, they, in the run meter stats, they're also pretty good. And in, in the try assist stats, and you look at all that and you put that all together, and they're starting to gel as a football team. They're starting to understand and work for each other. That's important come this time of the year because this is where your bread and brothers mate. And if you're not going to, if you're not going to, um, if you're not going to perform in those little areas now, you're going to struggle. And, and this is why I said earlier, I think it's a tougher even tougher for the Roosters because, you know, if you want to put the flip side, the Roosters are second. They've got the second most missed tackles in the competition. And, um, you know, you, you put that on the flip side, you look at a team who's just is, who's, is just sitting on the cusp of the eight that seem to be rising to the occasion. And that's why I said earlier, I think the Roosters are, are in a bit of trouble because, you know, they're, you know they're, they've missed 502 um, tackles and the team that's missed the most is actually um, Dragons issues. So, when you look at that and put that all together, I think I think it shows that, you know, they're starting to warm to the task um, a bit more than probably what those around them are. You know, they've made less errors than the Roosters. They make less errors per game than the Roosters. So, yeah, you sort of look at what's happening around there, and and I think I think Manly's going to surge into that eight. Hmm. Yeah, there's that. There's no reason why they shouldn't. When you no, look at who they're going to play, they especially they when should. you look at their run home and look yep. the, the next game that we saw on the weekend at uh, 6 p.m. on Friday was the Knights defeating the Titans. Um, 38 points to 12. I know Knights fans will be excited about the fact that they got a win. Both teams have been struggling massively. But I, th- I think realistically, I mean, we've put our line through both of these teams um, weeks ago, Griffo. But I think the, the biggest thing we've got to look at now is uh, the fact that the Titans, they're really firming as favourites for the, for the wooden spoon. Yeah, they're... Uh... They're every chance. Um, the big plus for them is that they've got the buy this week. So <laughs> there's um, two points in the bag. Yeah, I, I think they'll actually get off the bottom of the ladder because ah, uh, the Tigers um, have had their buy. Yeah, they have, yeah, and they played yeah, yeah. Para. Now I know, uh, I know the Tigers yeah. beat Para earlier in the year, but I don't think it's going to happen again. So um, 
the Titans have actually got better for and against than the Tigers. So I think what we might see after mm. this week is uh, Tigers drop to 16, Titans go to 15 on the back of the bye. Yeah. But, you know, it's, 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 it's really those two teams. I mean, we're, we're happy, I think, even the Knights, they're on 12 points. I mean, technically, what are they, three wins out of the eight? I think they're the first team we've got our line through, isn't it, fellas? Yeah, the line for me was drawn two weeks ago, build the yeah. Raiders, where, where yeah. the Raiders are now. Yeah. I, can't, I can't change that. Yeah. Um, I don't see any hope for Knights and teams below them. Um, Raiders are a chance. But, uh, yeah, 11 is where the line is. And it's still, for me, still there. Yeah. And you talked a bit, Shano, about the Roosters. Uh, they went down to the Panthers the other night. And we know everyone just about goes down to the Panthers. But um, this, this is a team we keep talking about. I mean, we know how good the Panthers are. And we know there was a bit of controversy out of this game. And that might come up in some other uh, segments later on. But I, th- I think your main point, too, about the Roosters is the fact that you know, something's, something's going to change here. Seven and nine, they're, they're, they'd have to win a couple of games to get to a 50% record. I mean, this is a team we all had as the uh, the minor premiers and premiership favourites. The only thing saving the Roosters from where they are on the table is they're for and against. They they can actually score points. Look, you know, that, that's they funny can too, actually, isn't it? They, they can actually a... score points. Yeah. The biggest problem is, and I'm going to talk a bit later about a bit later on tidbits, is that, you know, they... Everyone talks about the pressure they put upon themselves. They, I, I just think they don't have... Where I thought people like Verrills, where I thought people like Victor Radley, where I thought their halves and Kiri and Walker, where I thought everyone would just... I think Suwali's been the only silver lining of this yeah. year for them. It really, it, the only success story that I can find is, is Suwali. I, I personally think, I don't know this for sure, I personally think they're in absolute cap trouble. I think the sombrero's gone. You know, when you're getting rid of a young player, that you know, it's going to leave at the end of the year that oh, could add value to your side. Yeah. Yep. And then you're now in the hope that you might snatch, snap Lodge. Like, snap well, I think Lodge he's signed. Like, I think he's signed. Like, Really, yeah, but it's, think, I don't think that's a coincidence. The timing with them—it's just letting poor. Like, if that's the, if, if you honestly think day. that this is the guy to save your season, he hasn't saved anyone. He's, no. you know, like you are in trouble. You are in cap trouble if that's your key signing to get you yeah. out of the doldrums. They're looking for prizes in the wrong box the, of crackerjack. That, that's it. They're just—they're just not finding, you know. They're just, and that's what I thought. Like, okay, a lot can be said about Friday night. Um, were they hard done by? I watched the game over. Penrith are good. Penrith are very good. I thought there were some calls that were pretty dodgy. A team, the Roosters three years ago would have won that match. They would have put Penrith they're, to the sword. They were in a position to win it. They were in it. a position to win. And for a chunk of that t- game, they were the better team. The problem is, when when the chips were down, I, I don't think the panel. I don't think the the bin should have been an, an option at that time. But and I think they scored three or four plays later. The thing is, once Appy scored, you knew it was over. Yeah. There was no fight in them. And that, you can that... talk about the pressure, and you can talk about this, you can talk about that. They're in the doldrums, and 
And once you get people, like if, if my team, if my team signed Matt Lodge at the back end of the season in the hope that they could generate something, I would be like, what? Like, you know, I'd be like, what the hell have you just done? And this is this was one of the most professional, this is still one of the most professional outfits in rugby league. And it just seems like the sombrero is shrinking, the salary sombrero's caught up with them, that all these things caught up with them. Suwali is probably the only silver lining they've got. When Kiri doesn't fire, when their forwards aren't firing, when they're, you know, when, when things like meters conceded is starting to get on top of them. Like I said, you're the second worst team in missed tackles. All of a sudden, that's an effort area. You're not in it for each other. You're going to struggle. And I think that's the problem. I think the problem is where you could put, where you can put your house on the Roosters' worst player being a 7 out of 10. It's now Teddy, Sawali, and the rest are 5s and 6s. Hmm. That's the problem, and They'll they go can and snap out of it, but far out on the hour. They'll go get rid of eleven players, get some more injuries. Last year they were going better with all of these injuries. It's uh, I, I, something's not right there. Even if they do push and get in the finals, you can't see them being the powerhouse they have been at the part in the past. But on the flip side of that, Griffo, you've got a team like Penrith, where regardless of where they find themselves during the game, uh, the cream rises to the top. They get the job done. And there was a part of that game where I think a lot of Penrith fans might have been feeling a bit nervous and feeling as though the Roosters, um, you know, obviously the Roosters were ahead on the scoreboard. But they just seem to, um, as I said, Griffo, they, they know how to win. It's like they've forgotten how to lose this team. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was at the game. Um, it was wet. <laughs> Good on you, Griff. It's <laughs> yeah, off to you, mate. You're lucky that the Pian River didn't. Uh, I actually had to take <laughs> my daughter bowling, yeah. and I we were, we were sitting at Hungry Jacks, and Mulgara Road was pretty empty. And I thought, hats off to anyone at that game tonight. They deserve a medal. Yeah, um, I I think they might have posted the crowd at like sixteen thousand and something. Um, I read that somewhere. Um, they forgot to take the one off the front. <laughs> 16,725 is what the NRL website has. Well, that's... And that's... I was going to say that's a lie. Um, that's about five five grand off capacity, isn't it? Five, yeah. six grand off capacity. Look, what they do, and I, I don't agree with this, um, they count anyone who is a member who's like, you know, bought a sort of seat for the season. They just count them. Um, but they didn't show up. Uh, I, I think it's wrong. Just just say what the crowd really was. Not not how many people have bought seats for the year. Because um, they didn't show up. Most of them. I was there. Um, the undercover seating was, was pretty full. Hmm. Um, but like I sit in the uh, in the concourse area I sit in the Penrith supporters area and there weren't many there um, in hindsight if I had known that I would have taken my umbrella uh, <laughs> you're not blocking anyone's it, view <laughs> yeah well I wouldn't have been um, yeah so look 
it is what it is. Um, but just, just uh, I, I disagree with that. They, they should just count how many people actually turned up because that's what the crowd is. It's, um, you know, anyway, getting back to the teams, uh, Shane was, I heard most of what Shane said there at the end, highly critical of, of the Roosters uh, and how their season's going. Um, and you can certainly, from their position on the ladder and the number of points they've got, you, you know, you can uh, you can certainly agree with that. I, I saw the Roosters firsthand last week, and um, and uh, I, th- I think they, while they didn't get the two points, I'd be surprised if they don't make the eight. I haven't looked at a draw or anything like that. I just realised that, um, irrespective of who they play. Uh, they're a fair chance of winning on what I saw last week. Um, <clears throat> there were obviously some some decisions that worked against the Roosters. Um, and, and again, when you're at the game, you don't really get a feel for that. Um, but obviously, you know, with TV replays and whatnot, um, the, uh, the penalty before halftime for the for the Verrill's tackle was tough. Um, Penrith scored a try as a result of that. But in saying that, the Roosters got in front in the second half and um, they looked as though, you know, they had the winning of that game. But they can't blame uh, any refereeing decisions in the second half for letting the Panthers get back in front and then... um, going on and winning the game. But but I was highly impressed with what the Roosters dished up mm. uh, in attack, and uh, they defended pretty well. Uh, they beat almost any team on that performance last week. So uh, I still think they're a big show of, of getting into the eight. Whether they can do too much when they get in there, if, you know, if they're in seven or eight, um, they're not going to make the top four. But uh, if, you know, five, six, seven, eight, they've got a few games to win to be the premiers. It's going to be tough. Um, but I thought they were very good last week, and particularly through the middle uh, with uh, Manu and Teddy. Uh, they look dangerous. The the interesting thing, I think the number that's been thrown around this week, um, and a lot of the media outlets are saying, look, they'd have to win probably five of their last eight, they, you know, at least. Yeah, they, can, they can do that. They so can beat it. If we look at their last eight games, and you give them a shot in any of these games, there there are a couple of tough ones in there. I think it'll sort out where they deserve to be there or not. Just to obviously they got the bye this week, but to go through those eight games, they've got the Dragons, Knights, Sea Eagles, Broncos, Cowboys, Tigers, Storm, and then they finish off the season with the um the big clash at the new Sydney Football Stadium against the Rabbitohs. So. If they are to, um, yeah, if they are to make the eight, there's a couple of games there against the likes of the Seagulls and the Rabbitohs, where there are other teams going for the eight that they'd have to beat. They'd also have to um, possibly snag a win uh, against some of those teams that are well and truly in the top eight, like your Broncos, Cowboys, and Storm. But if they're in form, you give them a chance uh, on any night. I think that's the point you're making, Griffo. Absolutely, they could win all those games. There's a potential um, there to do so. They'd have yeah. to, obviously... They don't go too well against the Rabbitohs, historically, over the last few years. And if Melbourne have got all their players, 
I can't see him beating Melbourne, but uh, um, yeah, even though the uh, Cowboys are going well and the Broncos and that, their games that they'll see is winnable. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, uh, the Sharks on the weekend on Saturday they beat the Bulldogs eighteen points to six. Uh, good win for the Sharks, fellas. That keeps them in the top that was four. A diabolical game. The weather and the and the ground <laughs> at um at Parramatta there it was uh, the Splish Splash Show. Uh, <laughs> as Spinal Tap would call it. Uh, I, I take my hat off to the builders <laughs> of that ground that actually drained as well as it did. Yeah, I think a few people were talking about the drainage there, saying, oh, there's water sitting on it. Anyone who lives in <laughs> Did Sydney, you see how much was falling from the sky? Yeah, I think it's I think it's credit to the fact that it wasn't uh, well underwater there. Um, Sharks continuing their, their winning ways. The other teams around them, though, fellas, I'll tell you what, they met uh, later on... Saturday night at 5.30, the Cowboys, a lot of points in them. They beat the Broncos. So whilst I said that the Sharks are in fourth spot, the Cowboys, they're in third, equal points with the um, the Storm. Broncos still holding on to their position in fifth, given the fact that Parramatta didn't win. Uh, 40 points to 26, plenty of points up in Townsville there, Griffo. And the Cowboys are that team, as we said. Um, we know that Penrith's the team out the front to beat. The Storm have had a few hiccups. Cowboys are hot on their tail. They're well and truly uh, in the top four. Yeah, they've been outstanding. Um, they continue to be. Um, I can't see them not making the top four. Um, their their attack, their defence, well, they're the second best defensive side after Penrith, and they've got the third best attack. So I... Uh, I can't see anything changing there. Um, they'll be in the top four. I think you, you obviously you lock Penrith in. Um, yeah. I think the Storm, you know, yeah, they, they should top four and, and the Cowboys. And then it's uh, it's a battle for the Sharks, Broncos, Eels. Um, yeah, I, I can't see the teams on 18 making the four. But um, yeah, there's a spot there still available in the top four, I think. Um, but, uh, you know, hats off again to the Cowboys. They just keep going from strength to strength. And that's been shown by the representation they've got in the state of origin uh, next week. Yeah, and that, that's a fair call. And yeah. that's a fair reward to all of those players at the Cowboys that have been uh, playing so well. Um, and, and look, speaking of, um, you know, playing so well, and I know Shane touched on it earlier. I mean, really, Shane, the only difference between the Rabbitohs this week and any other week in the past uh, three months is the addition of Latrell Mitchell. But, gee, they look very different the other night. 30 points to 12. They defeated they the sure Parramatta did. Eels. Um, yeah, they sure did. They sure did. They and look, just, to to, the just to flick back, just to flick back quickly, just to flick back quickly, um, you look at the draws, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that it's, the top four is actually um, the Broncos to lose. If you look at who, who all these play, who they verse, Sharks have a really tough draw coming up. When you look at the, um, when you look at the, the draw, really the Broncos, they want to be there. They've got some, they've got some decent games coming up, but South mm. City. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent that um, South Sydney are just, Look, the Trell Mitchell then turns up and they, they look like a bit of a different side. Um, you know, they've, when they fix the error count, like, look, they're the top team that concedes errors beyond a country mile, right? 
like there's light years. Like teams have to drop the ball nearly every set to get close. When you look at those, when you look at South Sydney, they they they're the best team in missed tackles. They they miss less tackles than any other team. In run meters conceded, they're up there. Um, it's like their defense locks in. It's just they crumble because they drop the ball. If they hold on to the ball, things work well for them. Enter Latrell Mitchell. That's an that's another good thing. The biggest the biggest problem is um, for South Sydney is, is is they've got some injury concerns coming out of last week, and, and namely uh, Campbell Graham is going to be out for probably four to six weeks. Um, that's a big loss for that side. There, that edge really does lock up what South City do, and it forces the team into the middle, and then to, it forces oppositions to spread. And when you look at what um, that's the only way that the that the that the um, eels were able to find a way through. Latrell Mitchell's first game back, there was, you know, very little he did wrong. He did everything right. I'm amazed he didn't get pulled off with about ten to go. I honestly thought it would happen. He he looked fit. He looked fast. The way he bumped off Reed Marnie to pass the ball to Ilias for Damian Cook's try was was was, was very good. Um, you know, a lot of people said, well, he didn't do a lot. Um, he didn't have to. You know? He didn't have to make a cover tackle. South Sydney's front line did that for him. Uh, he, he wasn't really required to make a lot of metres. Um, AJ stepped in and did a lot of that for him. Um, but when he was required, he stepped up to the plate and looked every bit a, 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 an NRL superstar. So he's, he's a very good player. And yeah. um, he... Game first game back showed it. I, I think South Sydney are a better chance with him. The injuries they've picked up on the weekend probably uh, nullify that. I, I think that I think that Demetrio's got a headache now because there's going to be, I think there's going to be the temptation to put Mitchell in the centres, and I wonder if he's going to pull that trigger. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, there's a lot of talk actually coming out. I'll get to it in the team news. Nothing official, but there's also talk of uh, Alex Johnson having a quad injury despite being named yesterday. So I'll, I'll touch on that a little bit later. It could be a big shuffle with Origin and all that for South this week. Um, but I think one of the really good news stories, uh, Griffo, out of the weekend was on Sunday seeing the Warriors uh, return to Auckland and not only return to Auckland, but have a, uh, a win in a scoreline that Richie Benno would have loved, uh, 22-2. The Warriors defeated the Tigers at Mount Smart Stadium. Yeah, um, <clears throat> not unexpected. Um, important win for them. They haven't won for a long time. Um, obviously, uh, you know, they played on emotion and no one really thought that they weren't going to win that game. Good to see, uh, you know, the fans get out and support their team. Haven't had that opportunity for nearly three years. So, uh, yeah, good day all around for the club. Um, challenges, back it up. Back it up. Come out next time and win again. And that's because uh, I, let's, you know, they, they were playing the Tigers, um, which, you know, went well for them. They got the win. Um, but, I don't. I don't see too many more wins for the Warriors this year. But you know, credit to him. Good. Good luck to him for last week. Um, a club that really did need some good news, and, and they got it. 
Yeah, definitely. And another club have got some good news on the weekend. Can, I, the can I just Sorry. add to that how bad? Can I just add to that how bad the Tigers are at the moment? That's something like eighty six percent completions. They just can't do anything with it. They just can't do anything with it. It just. Yeah. And what we need to remember too, the weather in New Zealand was good. It was, good it was track, fine. Great weather. Um, they had half of the ball. They completed. It's just yeah. It's 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 just hard to know where the um, where the points are going to come for the Tigers. That they didn't even get over the stripe with all that ball. Um, yeah. Can so I, can I? Can and I, that, I, look, it's not. You, know, like, you guys, yeah. you guys know I'm good for a stat, right? Their post-contact meters is horrible. It's like as if the minute they get touched, they just fall to the but ground. That shows an effort thing. That's a lack that's, of that's 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 just interest. that's just a lack of interest, isn't it? Mm. Like I think they had one line break, but more importantly, I think um, I think on the weekend they had seventeen tackle breaks to thirty-nine, and their kick return meters was something like eighty-five meters. It didn't even crack the hundred. Like, it just goes to show that they just sort of must they get the ball and fall, fall over. It's like, um, reminds me of that EA Sports Rugby League game. Ball. Remember that EA Sports mm. Rugby League game where all you had to do was touch the opposition and they'd fall they'd over? Fall over. <laughs> Remember that? Like, it's just... It's so just the old uh, ET's Rugby How League. You, yeah, yeah. They mm. missed a bucket load of tackles too. Yeah, and look, it's just not clicking for them. Um, and, and as I said too, I talked about the Titans before. I think I was... Um, you know, trying to make a bit of a bit of a race out of it because we know the Tigers <coughs> um, after this week will probably will 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 likely be coming last. Um, it's 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 a tough season for them, and there's a lot of um, a lot of work that's got to be done not only this year but also before next year if they're going to be uh, a competitive rugby league team, which I think is going to be their goal. I'm I'm nabbing a tidbit here. This is one of my tidbits, but I, I thought that I thought not often I'll actually give the. Dip of the hat to the dip of the hat to the Daily Telegraph, but Mr. Sheen apparently he's the man to clean up the the, oh, the Tigers. <laughs> oh, it was oh. a good uh, Mr. Sheen the, the, on the Mr. back Sheen's page today, Apparently up. he's going to clean up. He's going to be the coach. Uh, he's going to clean up the Tigers. That man, good old can of Tim, Tim Sheen's. Yeah, that but man is this must, what? Yeah. He must giggle every night he goes to bed, looking at the position he's in. He must sit back. And just laugh. I would. This guy got sacked there, it's, yeah, and now he's now out. he's now he's number one man to clean the place up. Look, uh, they'll be looking for anything. They'll, they'll be looking for anything to improve it. You can't get any worse. He's in a good position. He can't go any worse. Um, the Dragons got the job done over the Raiders. This was one of those games we talked about a bit last week, boys, where mm. you have two teams that are. Um, in that scrap for a top eight spot. The Dragons got the job done. That keeps them in the eight. It was a good win for the... 18 minutes of my life, I'm not getting back. Look, from the Dragons' point of view, though, Shano, they're worth two points, and it was an important two points. It was, yeah. uh, That keeps them ahead of the likes of the Manly Seagulls, the Sydney Roosters, and obviously their uh, opposition the other night, the Raiders. I mean, had the Raiders have won that, uh, the Raiders would have actually gone ahead of... um, yeah, would have gone ahead of the Dragons. When Hudson the Young points, scored, but when Hudson Young scored in the second half, you're just like, oh yeah, they're going to run in another three. Horrible. Look, we talked about those other teams in the eight, and I mean, no, no disrespect here to um, 
the dragons while Griffo just collects his money from his sorry. time machine there. No, it's all right. Yeah, yeah, Panthers. He's, Panthers, he's Panthers, Panthers Leafs Club. He's at the Leafs uh, Club. That's good. He got the feature again. Um, this is like for the. It's. it's how do I put it? The Dragons are the team we're expecting to drop out of the eight for for the likes of the Roosters. Keep winning. Is that that's that's but that's basically where we're feeling though. Yeah. Even though this team is on eighteen points, they're eight and seven. Yep. There's just something about them we're not confident that they're going to continue this. We 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 feel like they may just be a placeholder in that eight. Is that fair to say? It's not nice. But I it's wouldn't fair. have thought they were even that. I just can't believe. But again. You look is at the their position on the areas, ladder inflated? And you look at the little, but you look at the little effort areas. They're there. Like statistically, there is no reason why they shouldn't be where they are. It's just that when you watch that team play, they just can't. There's nothing venomous about them, you know. Do you know what I think highlights as well? You know how earlier on you pointed out how the Roosters have a, a four and against they're plus twenty one, even though the fact they've lost two more games and they've won. I think the flip side of that, which is interesting for the Dragons, the Dragons have won more games than they've lost, but they've got a minus 74 and against. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's killer. That's killer. And that's after a 20-point win over the Rabbitohs. That's the only thing saving the, the Roosters and Souths, really, mm. is the fact that they're for and against. Like They've got to get belted to go on the minus. You know, If they just keep chipping away yeah. and winning, no matter who you're on level pegging with. And that's the thing around that eight. It's... Outside of the Roosters and South, everyone seems to have this really horrible for and against. Yeah, well, they've got the, the Broncos this week. We'll talk about that game a bit later. Um, but just just before we finish up on last week, Griffo, just your thoughts on where the Raiders are at. We know they're the last team on the ladder that we're considering for the eight. After last week's performance, given the fact that they lost to the Dragons, they're now four points out of the eight. Um, yeah. We've got them there mathematically, but how seriously are you considering them even though you haven't put a line through them? Yeah, look, it's going to be tough for them. Um, I thought, like Shane, that uh, once they scored that first try in the second half, they were going to go and win the game. Uh, they didn't. Um, they had that gale force win behind them. And <laughs> That's right. That's get, right. Couldn't get the job done. Um, There's some good waves at uh, Wollongong Beach. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I, 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 it's gonna be tough for them. Um, I, uh, I thought they were hitting some form, but when you drop those two points, and I know there was some controversy there, but they should not have been in a position where they needed to get a penalty just to get to to um, yeah. extra yeah. time. Yeah. They should have. Yeah. If, they, if they're a contender, they they win that game, and they they weren't good enough. Can I can I add something to the Raiders? I I I was just sitting there watching it, and it's, and my wife sort of walked in. And she's a she's a Dragons fan, so she was you know she's like I can't believe we're hanging on here. And I said, I can't remember the last time the Raiders had a line break ever. And when you look at the and when you look at it. Like they're down, but that that's a stat where they just can't, they can't, they just can't crack the line. That's the problem, is that they can have field position, they can have, they can have all the possession, but really that the way they play has become such so one dimensional 
they can't crack the line. It's almost like when they do, it's a surprise or, or they have to score off a kick. It's, it's as if setting a play where they hit and crack through that line just isn't in their vernacular. And, and, and I, I think in that regard, they're, they're down with some pretty ordinary teams. Um, dogs, warriors, tigers, and knights, you know, like they're, you know, in that regard, they're below the Titans. I think that that sort of says something as to what they can generate as a side, that they can get plenty of field position. That's what it feels like. Watching the Raiders over the past month and a half, it feels like they get a bit of field position. They can have a lot of possession, but really in cracking the line, like as long as the line stays straight, they don't even bend it. And I think that's half the problem. Mm. Look, well, right. well, yeah. Sorry, I was just going to say on to that's that, right. Just going to say on the dragons. Um, congratulations to them on yeah. being good on I, I don't think they're going to stay there, but um, to be in this position after sixteen rounds is not something I expected. Um, they've got a positive win loss ratio, um, and you know, I think there are better teams below them, but. It counts for nothing, really. Well, I think it's a, I think it's massive because at the start of the season, the, the the fans were calling for the board to say who who have you got to replace the coach, who's yeah. in the wings because he's he's going to by round mm. eight he's gone. The 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 board sort of said, look, let's let's give him a chance. I I think there's a lot of I think even there's a lot of dragon fans and 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 me who's not a dragons fan included that has to eat a bit of humble pie. I wouldn't have thought they'd done this well. Yeah. I think we've got to, got to judge them at the end of the year, but... Yeah, oh, look, I, I think I think regardless... It's better than a pass mark. I think them. if they lose every game from here on in, they've exceeded what most people thought they'd do. Yeah. Uh, and, and look, in all, all fairness, I know that there'll be someone listening to this podcast saying, hey, fellas, the three teams behind them haven't had their bye yet. I mean, we know uh, that, yeah. but at the end of the day, they're in the eight and uh, the likes of the Roosters are mainly... Who and even they're, the they're Titans a, were a team that we really pushed. They're at a better than their win loss ratio is better than fifty yep. percent. No okay. one was going to give them that, and, and that's no true. No one was giving them that. No in one this, was giving them that at this point in the game. In this competition, if you win more games than you lose, you play finals footy. That's pretty much as uh, simple as it is. And look, if you want to know what's going on in rugby league, it doesn't get any simpler than uh, all of the uh, news we get from Shano. Shano's tidbits. He's got his ear to the ground. What you got for us this week, bud? <laughs> well, I've given half my tidbits away in bloody uh, in chat, so that doesn't matter. Uh, Penrith Panthers, uh, if you're a fan of the Penrith Panthers, you're going to watch them play at Sports Bet Stadium in 2023. I know, Blue I know bet. one blue bet what did i say sports bet blue bet sorry um you got the bet bit right i got the yeah. bet bit right <laughs> you need you um, need one of those blue you need a bit of blue to go with it i do not yeah. a big night i do not give a flying fucking ringy when blue they bit. play personally but anyway um they're playing they a blue on bet. the moon they'd win they can play on the moon they'll win <laughs> it doesn't matter where they play um so they find it blue bet. It, it, it uh it appears that the government's going to acquire the site next door um, that caused a bit of a crap storm today. Um, yeah, I, I look, uh, for what it's worth, as a Blue Mountains resident, I want to see a premier stadium at Penrith because I get the benefit from that as well. The community gets the benefit from that. Um, 
they're going to build it next door. What's happening with? <coughs> do you know what's happening with Bluebet after they build the stadium, Griff? Uh, I'm sure it'll uh, it'll be knocked down, and there'll be some other use found for it. They could build so. they could build a racetrack. No, like yeah, well, build the paceway well, there. Well, a mini, a mini <laughs> paceway, perhaps. Yeah. Do you know what's funny is that. Uh, last uh, late last year, maybe earlier this bit year, of real estate. Uh, we were talking yeah. about. Well, Graham and I, we actually, I actually got some mail that said that it's not going to be built where the current stadium is, and the person told me it was actually going to get built across the road, and they were going to use that land um, oh, as development. Park. Remember that? Or development? Remember that? Going, yeah, yeah. Use that actually, land remember, development. Yeah, remember that? Because there's remember a lot of yeah, got some inside people don't mail know the area. There, there's thought, a lot of hang on, lot of juicy, lot of. Um, um, Ground there that Penrith owned that yep. had been used for um, yeah, and they're going to actually housing. build it across the road. Mm. Very interesting that the um, that the that the uh, government stepped in and looking to acquire the the land. Uh, funnily enough, uh, that land is actually owned by the Penrith Agricultural Society. Um, what that means. I suppose that means that the, Penrith will have no more Penrith show. The biggest um, question is where are they going to hold the markets on a Wednesday? Well, see, this is the thing, Graham. And I wasn't going to go into this, but now you've brought it up. Basically, the community, when this goes to community consultation, there's already this massive backlash and this signatory that wants to and, and, and petition against it being at this site. Now, that's very interesting because... Um, they basically saying that once we have a stadium built, we have a stadium next to a stadium. And uh, members of the opposition are actually making a bit of noise saying, how is this any different to the ANZ? Um, or Sorry, the ACOR situation, which got quashed. But surely, why would you have a stadium next to a stadium? Of course, that stadium is probably going to get knocked down and probably going to get thrown into units. But it, it raises a point where there's a lot of the locals are saying, how come something that's used for local community involvement, albeit I don't know how many people go to the markets um, or how many people go to the show or how many people use the paceway. So how can that be removed, turned into a stadium? Will the stadium be used for these, for these purposes? Um, but look, it, it appears that the stadium that they want to build will be very state of the art um, Someone's already gone out on the limb and said it's going to be a mini Docklands, which if that's built in Penrith, that's huge. Um, capacity is unknown. Um, I would have thought 30,000 would have been, unless you've got, you'd have more information than me, Griff. I'm just sort of. Oh, sort not of really. Read. Um, Are we I imagining mean, nothing, something like that? Nothing's settled. That's the thing. Yeah. It's got to be something yeah, that's right. similar to. To, to Combank Stadium, as, as yes. it's now called. Um, it, it won't be any bigger than that, might not even be as big capacity-wise. One, one of the things I know that when, when I was talking to this person who told me that basically it's not going to be built on where Penrith is and because it's, it's actually worth more as, as developed land, one of the things they actually spoke about was the footprint. And they said that really for what they want to do, the footprint is a frag they didn't say small. I think it's difficult. I don't know. And, and then look, so I suppose maybe across the road, the footprint is better. I'm, I'm not too sure, but it seems like it, it's, it seems like it's, it's got government backing. Um, here's an idea. Why not throw all your eggs in the basket and build something really good? 
If you're gonna, you know, if you're gonna buy, well, you know, two what, bits you know of, what, government, government's like they'll build a road, and by the time that the road's finished, it's in yeah. There, but. I don't know, but I just hope that <laughs> I, I, for the people of Penrith, for the people around Penrith, and where that we live in the mountains, um, I hope that it's something absolutely spectacular and something that you know they're not talking about it. Attracts just being other a events too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they're no. not just talking yeah. about it being a football yeah, ground. Yeah, exactly. That's, really, well, yeah. that's that's what they're talking and, about. They're talking and that's about brilliant. You know, like concerts, and whatever. You know, that's what Western Sydney needs. That's what this part of the world needs. It's a, you know, other than going for bushwalks, um, you can be struggling to find things to do. So if 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 they build that, that's a fantastic thing. Can I just um, ask something in there? Sorry, Shane. I know you're going to move on. There's plenty of tidbits. Just wanted to run something past Griffo. Just something I heard. I, look, I, I heard someone um, through the week, well, they told me, they said that they were talk, they've been talking to a lot of Penrith members and they were saying a big implication of this is obviously yeah. they want yep. Penrith to still be able to play in Penrith while the other stadiums have been built. That would be ideal. And I imagine as a Penrith fan, that's, that's perfect. Now, we've seen in other instances, say, if a stadium's being built or renovated, the team might have to move away. And the talk was that for 2023 at least there was a possibility that Penrith would have to go play at Parramatta. Now, what, what I was hearing was there were a lot of Penrith fans, members. Now, I know you'd follow them to Northern Territory if you had to, but there was a bit of chatter that a lot of members were not happy about having to go to, say, Parramatta to watch them for a season and that a I lot of people... I think it was that, Graham. I think it was something a bit different to that, where you're right, you're right. But what I heard was that basically their tickets weren't going to be honoured in the same way they were at Penrith. So if I'm sitting on halfway at Penrith, I actually don't get a halfway seat at Combank. That, 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 right? That, well, yeah, the way I interpreted reason. what I heard was and the fact that a lot of fans aren't willing to go to Parramatta well, to watch them. If, they go, well, if I've got to travel half true. an hour up the road, so, I'm, not, I'm going to watch it on TV yeah, instead. Well, I, I heard something slightly different, but, but, but on and the I same... Know, I know season ticket holders that, that say if I miss line, a game... I. I, I don't, yeah. it, it's not my on financial the, interest to go and they don't become members because well, of that. So on the same hard. line to that, Graham, on the same line to that, what, what I heard was that basically Combank Stadium said to Penrith, you have to have this many people at the ground and we'll actually pay you to, to be here. Now, we know clubs get paid to be at grounds. I think South Sydney, at one stage, we're getting $100,000 a year off, yeah. off ANZ. And nowhere near home. Yeah, and you know, that, that happens. So what was happening was for the best team in the league, they were willing to pay it. What the flip side to that was, they had to have a certain amount, otherwise Penrith had to pay. Now, what when they did sort of their background research, they found that they weren't actually going to get the patronage to the games. Well, they didn't believe they were going to get the patronage to the games and started negotiating with Combag, saying, look, we're probably not going to get as many as we Which thought. I understand. To the point where Combank, and, and this, is, this is through some someone I was talking to to the point where Combank actually said, look, we actually don't think it's worth our while having you on the books. If you're not going to get the people on bums on seats. Now I find around finals time, that's ludicrous. They're going to play finals every year, but there was some sort of situation where Combank actually said, look, if this is in the too hard basket, we don't want you here. They got 16. Or we're going to, or we're going to charge you to be here. Now, that's all dependent upon that's how good many point, Graham. They, they would have had sixteen thousand to piss it out, right? But that's what I was just thinking. <coughs> you've got 
I think the problem make is it enticing the Combank, for them. I think Give the them a reason to Com- travel half an hour down the road. No, nah, I think the problem is Combank are looking at the teams they've got on their books and going, we need Penrith. And then all of a sudden they're going, hang on, unless we're getting bums on seats, is it worth our while? I think all that's a bit of a storm in the teacup. If you remember, you're going to follow them. Like it doesn't no, that's That's not... But some will. I will. Hmm. But I like, you know, I've had this discussion with the the guys that I actually go to the the footy with and sit with, hmm. who are probably not as diehard as, as what I am. Um, like they haven't turned up at the last two games, there's been a bit of rain about. And that's fair enough. That, you know, everyone's different. But um, like I know they were not likely to continue to be members if you know it was at that stage not if it was when Penrith was going to to come back now yeah, really um wow. they like yourselves although not as far up the mountains like they're mountains guys i'm you know i'm, I'm actually quite quite close to to Parramatta, um where i live um it's actually yeah as as russell crowe would fly um Combat's <laughs> a lot quicker to, than, than Penrith. I'm sure he's but, blown by the hub too. <laughs> yeah. um, like, you know, Combat Stadium would probably be within 10K of where I live. Um, but, um, you know, Penrith's further. But in terms of time travel and, you know, where you're going to park and by the time you get into the ground, it's, it's probably about the same. Um, but yeah, I, I, I would have been really surprised if um, a huge number of fans would actually get off their backside and go and watch the team yeah, well, play. That, there might be some truth in it then, because I I just look at it, like People, I travel. Yeah, we travel how far to to Acor? to watch the bunnies. I know, but I know a lot of people I've talked Mind to you, that say to live space. in. I know people live in Glenmore Park. I know people live in Emu Plains that live in um, even lower mountains areas like Blacksland and Glenbrook who it's a 10-minute trip to the footy. Well, They're not willing to make that half an hour trip. And another thing that people have brought up, they said, look, it's a pain in the butt to park. If I got like, well, Just the logistics of the, it, some people tip them over the edge. And look, yeah. The yeah. rumours are, the rumours are that Penrith, the rumours are that Penrith had to negotiate something with the government because the way it was looking was that Combank were actually going to say, don't bother. We don't want you. If, if this is what you're offering. And that's the best side in the rugby league. Yeah, it's, it's, it, it, it's, a, it's a unique situation. I think the best thing for Panthers, rugby league, the fans, everyone, is for Penrith to be able to play at Penrith but isn't this year. a bit of? But isn't this a bit of, hang on, we're giving you a stadium. You're taking your bat and ball and going home. I don't know if Isn't the, it a bit of that. Look, I don't, I don't know. know. Like, if, if the government give a crap, I don't know. There's got to be something in it for them. I don't know. It's it comes to, like everything in the world. It comes down to money. There's got to be something for all the, if the they, parties they involved. Might, there's got to be something financially you that gonna advance, get the, advances. You wonder if they'll get the stadium site. Don't know. They'll build a tunnel. That's where the tunnel. That's where you enter the tunnel. I think a lot of it comes back to the fact that the local member for Penrith is. uh, I think he's now the deputy premier. Yes, he is. He's he's obviously a a big uh, mover and shaker in the government. 
um, I actually saw him last week before the game um, uh, at the, uh, I think it's called the Arms of Australia up, up in High Street. Um, we've had the odd drink or oh, two. Oh, yes, there. yes, yes. Just down the road yes. from the uh, Chinese. And, yeah. That's exactly. usually where we go yeah. there after a Chinese Yeah, food. yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I, I um, wonderful I establishment in there because yeah. uh, I had a bit of time to kill and, and I didn't want to sit in the rain for four yeah. hours as opposed to two hours. So. And you didn't feel like Chinese. <laughs> no, no. So, uh, yeah, I thought, oh, that's, that's – uh, and anyway, yeah, that, um, it, it was him. Um, uh, and he was probably on his way to the game as well afterwards. But, uh, but yeah, having a guy like that as the local member, uh, a guy with a lot of power in the government, probably doesn't yep. hurt. It helps. Of course yeah. it does. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's probably the, the oh. biggest uh, link in no. the train there. Anyway, Shane? Look, it should be a good stadium. Anyway, we'll, we'll go to we'll do one more thing because a lot of things got covered and they will get covered through uh, talking about teams and whatnot and... He's going to bring up the fact Latrell pulled the pin, but we'll talk about that when South. Oh, we've in. got the origin preview. Yeah, we've got talk the origin as stuff. Well. We'll, we'll, All right. We've got big agenda today. Nice. Could, could be a big one. Could be a marathon. Back to yes or no. I've got a, I've got a bit of a, it's not an axe to grind, but I've got a point to make. What team concedes the most penalties in the NRL? Yes. <laughs> no, I was going to say, you, 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 sorry, mate. I didn't know. I was going to so say, I was, I was going to say, you, I was gonna say, I was made say the I had no storm, idea. Would you say this? I was going to, you know, concedes the most. Would you say the storm concedes the most penalties? I'll say, uh, yes. I'd say yeah. yes now. Yeah. Of course they do. Of course they do. They're equal with the roosters. Would you say that they're awarded? More or less the same than what they can see. Yes, because I just checked. Well, they haven't got Cameron Smith anymore, so. Yeah, I I think the um, I think I see where you're going here. I'm gonna say go out and limit say yes. Yeah, they actually have conceded 106 and they're awarded 102. It's a very close number. Interestingly, the uh, the Roosters are equal with them. They've conceded uh, 106 and get awarded 103. And this is my problem, guys. These numbers are very, very close. Would you expect, who would you expect to be the number one team to receive penalties? Receive penalties. Penrith. Penrith Penrith would be number one, wouldn't they? They received 99 penalties. How many have they conceded? Ballpark similar. 99, exactly the same. And this is my tidbit today, is that when we're looking at penalties and we're looking at levelers and we're looking at moments in the game, why is it we're looking at certain teams that could that, 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 seem, to, that seem to give away penalties yet they get awarded the same? The Roosters concede 106, but yet get 103. They're getting more penalties than the team coming first. I'm going to throw something interesting at you that the Titans are awarded 101 penalties. I look at penalties in a game that penalties are basically the pressure you put on the opposition. When you put pressure on the opposition, you gain a penalty. What we're saying is that the worst team in the league can actually grab more penalties than the best team in the league. There's something wrong. 
Bulldogs are also high on that the, list, I think, Shane. The that problem you just is, yes, 100%. And I've sent you through the list. Mm. The problem is this. How come these numbers are very close? Statistically, if I'm the team putting pressure, why, why would I concede just as many as I give? So what I'm looking at is this. What is it about teams that team tend to give away penalties and the level is at the end of the thing. Interestingly, second to this is the amount of sim bins. Now, Penrith give away what? They give away 99 penalties. They've got three of the top five penalty uh, people in the league. They've given away one sim so, bin. So out yeah, of the Sydney, top people to give away penalties in the top five, yeah. they've got three of them. They've got three of them. And, okay, it'll be interesting to see how many of those have been simbined. Right. So, anyway, South Sydney, interestingly, 91, two simbins. The Cowboys, 91, five simbins. There is something totally wrong. I'm just looking on. at your list too here, Shane, because you've only just sent this through to us. So, we're trying to I, I purposely, I wanted, I, I thought... Oh, Dragons. Yeah, dragon. Look, the dragon. They've given the team, away the most sorry is full. Eighty-three the, and can, the, sorry, they've. Is, so, so the first column you sent us is this penalties awarded. So they've got penalties awarded, penalties conceded, and then sin bins. Five. The, the dragons Six. have been awarded seventy-nine penalties, conceded eighty-three penalties, and been been five times. So teams that don't get many penalties don't give away many, and teams that. Get a lot give of away a heap. Give away a heap. Get a heap. There is something wrong here, people. And what it mm. what it actually says is when you look at the storm, the storm give away 106 penalties for two sin bins. I'll tell you what it says to me that this whole idea of the warning is bull crap. It's out the window. It doesn't exist anymore. Certain teams, and I'm not picking on Penrith Storm South. I'm not picking on Penrith Storm or South or anything. Teams, or okay, blankly, certain teams I think uh, have not got the rub of the green. Secondly, I also think that there's an issue where you can get warned all you want. It's not gonna. It's not gonna. You're not gonna get put in the bin because some of those sim bins are actually for high tackles. They're for dangerous tackles. The whole idea that you can get back to back to back penalties actually doesn't hurt you as a team anymore. Furthermore, if you give away a penalty, you're more likely to get one back. When the Roosters play the Storm, the better have enough whistles on the sideline because the P's <laughs> going to get blown out of them. I so, find it really insane that the best side in our competition, like this team misses, the amount of tackles this team's missed is, in the, is, is, is minuscule. They miss a couple a game. Their discipline is insane, yet they give away as many penalties as they've received. There is something wrong here. And that number two, I'm actually surprised to look here that the penalties conceded for the Panthers at 99 is well above a lot of other teams, like, you know, that you'd say are more ill-disciplined. You know what it is? The Panthers have given away more penalties than the Warriors, Dragons... the biggest problem in our game nice. is the leveler. And I hate the leveler. And this is a, this is a self-indulgent tidbit, guys. 
but at least I've got enough data to, to, to prove me right. The best team in the competition. Sorry, he's worth going. The best team. The, the best team in the competition, in actual fact, best team concede as many as they're given, which means their discipline is just as poor as the pressure they put on the opposition. What I actually think is this. Is that the, is that is that come twenty minutes to go, they get penalised to the crap house because the referee gets told by the bunker, hey, the the penalty count is is eight five or eight four. We've got to level this up. So it doesn't look like what we've done. So it doesn't. Do you know look a like game? Do you know a game? And I know that I'm bringing up some old Ridiculous. stuff here. I'm going gardening. The game where I f- and I know you know I'm, I'm talking about the Panthers one, but it just jumps out. There was a game where the Panthers played the Titans. And there was a run there where, with about 15 minutes to go, the Titans got, you know, four, five penalties, whatever, in the last 20 minutes. And then minutes. the one blatant penalty they didn't get. And the one that, yeah, earlier on in the game that would have actually, you no, know. No, no, no. Well, the later on in the game one where the player was held off the ball running oh, to yeah, the yeah, 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 the one that actually. And that was an awarded because the penalty count was even. Would have made a difference. Would have made a difference. <sighs> It's hard I, when you the break. I'll tell you what would be interesting, Shano, and I know it's going to be a lot of data. That it'd be interesting to see the breakdown of when the penalties are given because we've looked at I, that. I don't think the leveler is a myth. I feel as though the team the that's leveler behind, is a real thing. Do you know what the biggest problem is mm. with the leveler? Is if you're an opposition that cracks easily. See, it's funny. Teams like South Sydney don't get levelers because they actually have attacking prowess. But neither do I. Actually, think you look at teams like, um, like looking at this list you sent me. It'll be interesting. We should chuck it up on our um, our Facebook page. There are even teams that have, uh, you know, like the Eels. The Eels have conceded the least amount of penalties, but they 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 haven't gotten many. Like it's it's. They've, that's right. They've conceded. You know? They've actually they've and actually look, been awarded eighty seven. Conceded sixty nine. What, what proves your point too is the fact that the teams towards the bottom of the ladder also have high numbers for penalties awarded. Yeah. What, so your they, warriors they have that. There's, warriors. They, they can't feel the pressure to gain a penalty. Warriors. What? Bulldogs. Why is the Eels? Raiders, why? Eels, the Eels can't get a penalty. Eighty seven penalty. Broncos can't get a penalty. No. But when you've got teams like the okay, the Titans, the Titans have been awarded just as many penalties. Like their, their numbers are high. They've got a lot of penalties. And I think what you're saying here is teams like the Titans and the Warriors late in the game are getting their penalties as levelers. Yeah. 100%. Whereas everyone else in the what, middle, the why? bottom teams have high numbers, the top teams have high numbers. Which but, proves that when the top teams play the bottom teams, there are penalties called to level it out so that the heat's and, off the refs and for influencing... 100%. And the other thing is, why Ooh, is the I number like so similar? They're within 10. In mm. most cases, they're within 10. And even with teams like, take the Dragons, for example. Dragons or Broncos have been awarded. So Dragons have been awarded 79, conceded 83. Yeah. Broncos, yeah. 72, 84. You can't tell me that every team in the league magically concedes less and then there's more it's it, 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 it is it is bizarre that's a that's a very interesting tidbit and one i think shane the fans are going to keep an eye on because as these penalties are awarded uh it's not just as though they're all you know all things being equal so 
Keep an eye on that, I reckon, Carpool listeners. See if Shane's got any substance to that. There may be um, something to it. The stats basically say if you concede a lot of penalties, you're awarded a lot of penalties. If you don't concede many penalties, you are not awarded many penalties. All right, so just before we move on into... I know that we've got um, a few other bits of news items we want to go to. I've just been handed something, and it's on one of those floppy oh, old light bits. press! Of, yeah, it's on one of those floppy old bits of paper, so Faye's got it off the fax machine. It'd be interesting that was going to be it for the tidbits. That was it all over. Yep. So I'll just get your thoughts on this one, Shane. Um, Nico yep. Hines has just tested positive to COVID. Now... We know Sharks fans are going, oh, geez, there's implications there. But Hang on, are they in are they? In he has been camp? in the, He's been in the Blues camp. So what we are hearing at the moment, I know this Whoa. is hot off the press, and people who are listening to this late in the week, this might be old news and redundant, but the early mail is that Nico Hines has tested positive. He has been in New South Wales camp. All the players in camp have done rat tests. Now, Nico Hines has tested positive to a rat test. Um, so hope you put orange juice on it. All, all New South Wales players in camp oh, have tested negative wow. to a oh, rat test. Okay. Nico Hines has tested positive. He has been sent out of camp and for a PCR. So there are implications there. Watch this space. I suppose the big, if well, you're a blues the big fan. Pro- the big, the big problem there is, um, is, is that the NRL protocols around COVID and close contacts regarding COVID are very different to what we have in our in our real world. Um, mm. he, he he basically if he is if he has it, that puts massive implications on on what's a close contact. It actually well he'll be out for two weeks regardless, so he's gone. Mm. Um, very interesting though. So yeah, you'd so want to hope you'd want to hope that. Well, he that, was one of those players that could have come out false and positive, for the Sharks. Positive, please. False positive, please. Because if other players start to, well, regardless, if anyone tests positive now as of today, they will not be playing next Wednesday. They'll be lucky. Actual COVID today protocol. They won't. Yeah. They won't play the following weekend either. So anyone that tests positive today that may have caught off Nico Hines, let's hope they didn't. Um, I know when I had it, my daughter didn't get it. So let's hope it's the well, same situation. What 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 Faze has given me on the facts here on the old school thin bit of uh, rolled up paper is mm. that Nico Hines tested positive to a rat test this morning. He's awaiting the results of his PCR test. Yep. The Sharks are preparing as if he is not playing this week. He returned to training with the Sharks on Monday afternoon. And what? apparently he only spent a few hours with the NR uh, with the New South Wales squad. Okay, so for New South Wales, it might be right. If you're playing the Sharks, Sharks. <laughs> it could be interesting. In your tipping comp, the team you go, might I mean, changed. they play wow. the Storm this week. It's a tough game anyway. They'll be without Nico Hines. We'll go, get into that Ooh. a bit later. But, I mean, that's, that's a big deal. I mean... That, that, and you know what? It, isn't it just starting to rear its head again where we didn't have mm. a lot of players who had it then all of a sudden it seems like every week there's a couple more players getting it. Teams teams doing rat tests. Of course, we don't have lockdown procedures anymore, but 
the the NRL protocol yeah. is basically when you get it, you've you've got to gentle yourself back into work. It's two week prospect. We saw it with Latrell Mitchell why he didn't play a week ago. Yeah, um, it may, and, it's, but it's still within the community. You look at the numbers here in well, New South Wales. You got about ten thousand a day. Someone else park. from the blue side tests positive. That could be huge. Let's hope you've got to. Let's, let's hope, hope not. not. Look, that's a but pretty... for their health. Like I don't. Like I'm not saying. Yeah. Oh, look. We want to win the game, but obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a Blues fan. I couldn't give it. I couldn't give a. You no, know, compared to someone's health, a game's a game. But you know, like for their health, you just hope that they're okay. Like shit. Look, it's a. It, that'll be a big issue, especially for the Sharks. Um, I feel like Griffo, though. There's something that um that you might want to have a chat about as a as a big issue this week. Um. There was a bit of talk before the podcast that the rumor has it that there's a there's a big issue this week. The big issue. Yeah. Well, we don't we don't have a, an intro for the big issue. Um, it doesn't need one really. Can I can but... I start with an anecdote then? <laughs> yeah. I was outside Wynyard a couple of weeks ago, and a guy approached me who was selling the big issue, and I said, "Good day to him." I've seen I've bought I've bought it off him before. And I said, G'day, how you doing? You know, just had a bit of a chat. And I, and I said, oh, I've got no money on me, mate. He said, I, t- I, I, I take card. No. Now, you can tap for the big <laughs> issue. <laughs> wow. What a world we live in. You can tap for the issue. You rock so, up to the guy. You say, mate, I've got no read money. I'm, and, he, I'm and he says, tap your card. <laughs> I'm that blew me away. I'm like, far, far out. You got no, no read, no read money for the. Man, like, this anyway. is something on Star Wars. You know, some do, poor hobbit with his leg missing in the corner can think... sell a magazine and tap. So tapping for the issue, I think, Griffo. So I'm about to put my card on the screen. Boop, boop. There you, there you go. go. Okay, so now Happy. you can get the story. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just Fuck put on my, uh, on my my yellow and red gear. Um, and um, <laughs> the issue this week, we haven't had one for a while, concerns um, junior rugby league development. Mm. And, um, you know, it is a big issue because if you want to have a game continuing into the future, you've got to be uh, continually developing new players um and the issue is around um the the penrith club or more to the point probably the dolphins um the dolphins earlier in the year signed uh, a fellow by the name of isaiah katoa who's thought to be just about the best junior talent in his age group in the 18s uh, um, and he was a guy that Penrith didn't want to lose um, but he, uh, he signed the contract I think a three year contract to go to the Dolphins um, and during the week it came up that uh, Penrith said that they're not going to be using uh, the young man uh, in any of their competitions uh where he's eligible to play like jersey flag um just not going to use him there because uh they don't want to put it uh put 
the effort, so the time, etc., into developing him as an individual player when he's not going to be representing the club in a couple of months' time. Um, that copped a lot of criticism on social media. Um, but in reading in that story, um, it came to light that the Dolphins have actually signed about four guys from, uh, from the Penrith Juniors. Now, Penrith won the SG ball competition this year. Um, and I think three or four guys from that team, including their best player, Katoa, and their captain, Mason Teague, have signed on with the Dolphins. And um, realistically, um, these young men have made decisions uh, in what they believe is in the best interests of their career, which they're perfectly entitled to do. I've got no problem with that. Um, whether it's the best for them, well, I guess time's going to tell. You know, they're going up uh, to the Dolphins under the coaching of Wayne Bennett, um, believing that I guess there were better chance of playing in the NRL sooner. Um, whereas at Penrith, you know, they got some pretty handy players in front of them at the moment, principally, obviously, if you're in Katoa's shoes. Um, Nathan Cleary looks like he's going to be around for another decade at Penrith. So you can understand why they made that decision. Um, my concern is that uh, it's just open slather, really, on clubs that do develop players. And what, what are they getting for it? They're not really getting anything. Um, by investing time and money into juniors. Um, and then just another club just comes and takes them. Now, um, the West Tigers, we've, we've heard a lot of talk about, you know, Tim Sheens comes out and say, we are a development club. We want a development coach. Um, they want, I think, the Harold Matts. There's a lot of talk about, yeah, they're really going to, bring these guys through um, to, to improve their club for the future. Um, and, and I think that's not a bad model. Um, Penrith's done it. Most of the guys in their NRL side are, are either Penrith juniors or guys that they've developed over a long period of time um, through their juniors uh, rep system. Uh, there's no, no sort of compensation when... Mm. Other clubs just come and take them. Do we do we look at like I know we've talked about it a bit, Griffo. So so there just to to jump in, but I, I'd like to get your thoughts as you finish here. Is the answer like a a transfer fee, a salary cap exemption? Um, there's got to be some sort of uh, look. There's got to be some sort of incentive because. We, we know there are certain clubs in the league that are producing juniors, and because of the way the salary cap is set, they can't keep those juniors. And all that work they're doing with their the youngsters and all the the investment is just, you know, I mean, I know some clubs Brian, are looking at it and go, why bother? Can I, like, can I it's buddy in here for a tick? Sorry, Griffo, can I buddy in right. for a tick? You know what frustrates me with all this is that certain clubs, like Penrith, mm. put 
it's not just about time and effort. They put investment into these players, into making these players good. Then all of a sudden, we throw a salary cap at the clubs mm. and go, oh, by the way, you can only spend this much. So what I've done is I've spent a lot of money developing players and developing a pathway and developing, you know, you know, it's not just coaching. It's not just players. It's referees. You know, I think Grant, and we're biased, I think Grant is probably one of the best referees we've got. And he's an up-and-coming. He will get Origin and Grand Final one day. Where's he from? He's from Penrith, the Penrith region. Because the thing is, these clubs that have junior football, they pour money into everything. And then what happens is they get these players that are on the cusp of becoming NRL players. They're on the cusp of becoming someone worth money. And the salary cap says, nah, sorry, champ. You can't play for them because they can't afford you. I think it's a massive kick in the teeth. And, and I think it's a horrible situation that we have. And do you know I think I sad. honestly think I honestly think that the sad situation is this. If you're a club that has no juniors, you don't have to pour any money into that. You can grab some you can grab them at 16, put them into Harold Matz and they're in your system. <laughs> yeah. I just think it's a horrible situation no. that, that, that certain teams are left with. I think, I think that if you've nurtured a player, you should have to buy him do, or her. But, but but what do you think? What do you think, Griffo? What do you think is the best way to to get around this? What's the best compensation for the clubs? Is it a transfer fee? Is it salary cap exemption for juniors? I think a combination of both. Um, uh, I also think that perhaps the loan system yes. could could be invoked. Yes. Like, I thought when I we agree. saw Harry Grant play for the Tigers for a year, and you know there were a lot of raps on Harry Grant, but no one had really. Most people hadn't seen him, um, and he was he was their best player that year, playing in his first year in the NRL. And he went back to Melbourne, who, you know, who who'd spent a lot of time developing him through their systems. Um, but I, I think a combination of all of those things um, could could be used. Um, but I just I, I just uh, look. I understand every club is out to be as successful as they can be. When it's not a charity. It's a business, um, and you know, to the young men who who are making a choice to go to the Dolphins, I understand why they're doing it, um, and I, I'm not critical of them for doing it. But I, I just think there's a, there's an issue there. Okay, on that on that Griff, I, I actually thought seriously about this um, when the Dolphins got named. Whenever a new club gets in, and I, I, so I'm in a unique position, I actually knew someone, or I knew someone whose husband was going to the Titans, and I know what they got given as as a, as a family who was going to the Gold Coast. I know the, I know the the the, the money. I know the 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 situ the cars, whatnot that they were able to get 
that wasn't that was salary capped exempt to make the the titans successful in the first couple of years so we know the dolphins are going to be given concessions from the nrl concessions from the nrl to make them successful how about Mm. this rather than giving the dolphins so many concessions how about you buy the juniors because they have no juniors they've got redcliffe dolphins and i'm sure the dolphins there'll be some dolphins players but in all honesty to build a team they've got a nab from the junior base of other clubs as part of the concessions rather than saying you can be over the cap by so many why not say you can't be over the cap but what we'll do is we'll pay the clubs where you buy your juniors from yeah i even think if if the nrl funded the the transfer fees I think this is where rugby league can, can I tell look you the, at the biggest. Of this though, Gray? What's that? Would these guys have played NRL if not for the Dolphins? That's the other flip side that a lot of people are going to talk about, and I think that's where Griffo's lo- loan system works out. Yeah. Uh, the look, and and it's hard. Penrith, this this situation's unique with um, it's Katoa, isn't it? You were talking about yeah. Penrith. Yeah. And the fact that Appy Coruscant's leaving and obviously there's going to be this progression through in that hooker position over the next couple of years i think this is what griffo was getting at a bit with the loan system you see it a lot in european football and those of us who are big fans of european football will will know that all of the sides have really deep rosters and players they've developed and they have juniors that they may have signed from another club when they're 10 years old that's how you know involved they are with the juniors they will loan them out to players and keep them under contract. So let them play at a club. You know, it'd be like the Panthers saying, look, we've got this young young hooker. We're going to loan him to the Tigers, who are a lower-ranked team. The Tigers go, great, we need a new young hooker. Bring him in, plays with them. It benefits the Tigers, it benefits the player. When that loan is up, he comes back and he, and he goes on. Um, we also see in European football transfer fees where you've got a player under contract another team somewhere else in the world doesn't even have to be in the same league will play will pay big money to take over that player's contract so the smart okay. clubs with okay. big here we go. junior here we go. bases here we go. keep players club, under contract to sell them on one club has actually done that can you tell me the club that's actually got paid a transfer fee for a player in the NRL um, yep. I think well I don't know about NRL but NRL club. An NRL club has actually been paid a transfer fee for a player. Was it Sam Burgess? Burgess? Was it Burgess? Yeah, Sam Burgess. Union? Sam Burgess, most definitely. When yeah. Sam Burgess went to Union, he was paid, South Sydney were paid $1 million. Transfer why were, but why was South entitled to that? Why is because South entitled to that? It was and... part of the negotiation and South Sydney said, if it wasn't for us, and Sam actually fought for it. Sam said, so are you Sam saying said as part of my say... contract to pay my contract out, I'm more than happy to fight for money to, to South Sydney. But you see, so not only did the player fight the fight for it, they paid it and they got the benefit of it. Because Katoa was Katoa's contract up and he was a free agent negotiating the next contract. So if Penrith had him under contract, I'm nodding people and people in podcast land can't see me nodding. nodding. Yeah, yeah, I'm saying it. So, but you see, the hard thing is with the salary cap, you can't have all these young blokes under contract because you go over the cap, and what that does then at the back end is squeezes someone else out. And that's the, that's the lunacy of it. I've spent so much money getting them to the point where they can play in the NRL, and then the salary yeah. cap says, uh-uh. Well, it's mm. not just a salary cap either. It's 
It's the number of players you're allowed to contract. That's true. That's very true, Bruce. Yeah, 100%. So 30, it's a 30, 30 plus three development. What, um, what if... And you what can't if, take a gamble. You've got to get the right development blokes because if you've got injuries... Here's an we know idea. clubs have had a lot of injuries and they can't have players play and look for exemptions. Here's an idea. Bruce, if I've position. developed a player... If I've developed the player for at least five years, so let's take five years. If I've developed the player for five years, he should be as part of my squad. There should be no, there should be no number. I've developed this player for five years, part of my squad. The flip side so of this is going to be and the minute that don't and not have charge the cap, not charge the cap until he plays an NRL game. Yeah, this is the stupid thing of it. Is that we've got so many players in the cap that will never play an NRL game. Not because it's their fault. Like, here we go. You know what? I've got a better system. And I, I put this on our podcast years ago where I said, there's no such thing as a salary cap. What it is, is your players are paid a certain amount. Each game, you're only allowed to put $13 million on the field. You sort it out. Super coach. Super every punter does it every week. You it's can super only coach. put... Your team can only worth X amount. People laugh at it. This is the way... <laughs> This is the way major sporting things with salary caps are going. Doesn't matter what you get paid, thirty million on the field. You sort out where that fits. What what incentive you is sort there? out how that looks? What incentive that is works. there currently for teams that don't have junior bases to invest in grassroots rugby league? There Nothing. isn't any because it's a fucking waste Nothing. of time for them. So you and get that's that's where I think mm. you know that's where the issue is that. You've got clubs like the Rabbitohs, the Panthers, um, the Tigers. Yeah, the Tigers and, and are yes, a massive one. Yeah. Tigers have the largest base now, yeah. and yet they've got the poorest retention rate. Now, because they're the Tigers, I suppose. But you know what I mean? But the, it's, but it's so Like those, those clubs, are, those guys that they're developing are the future of the game. Yep. Um, you know, the clubs who are developing players aren't able to use those the players that they want, then why would they bother continuing to spend money on it? That, yeah, Griff, um, this is my point. And then yeah, what 100%, happens? 100%, what happens Chris. to the development good. of the game? Good, do you want that's the issue. Good, good call. Do you, want my, good. do you want my idea here I've just thought of? Now, I'm sort of taking this whole... I'm happy. I think a loan system should be in place. I think a salary cap exempt loan system should take place. My other thing I think that they could bring in is the transfer fee. So say, for example, rather than Katoa leaving Penrith, signing with the Dolphins and having no association with Penrith, there could be a transfer fee. Now, if they said to the Dolphins, yes, we've got Katoa under contract. The, The size of the contract's irrelevant. However, it will cost you, say the transfer fee for argument's sake is $500,000. If the Redcliffe Dolphins say, yes, we will pay you $500,000, what I think could happen is Penrith go, yes, and then Penrith get $500,000 added to their salary cap. Can I? I, I like it. I reckon can that I also, transfer fee gets added to the salary cap. Because then all of a sudden, I'll tell you what will happen. Yeah. There'll be a shit ton of players all of a sudden at Clovelly uh, Junior's trial day. The juniors for clubs, I know I'm just picking out the roosters here because we joke that they have no juniors, but those clubs that it's not a joke, it's rely on surrounding 
junior bases to create their NRL squads will go, hang on, it's in our best interest to create our own you juniors and invest You're rather right, than just taking them can when I, they're 16. Graham, can I add one more to that? Little Sawali, mate. Because the biggest problem with junior. this Penrith thing, the biggest problem with Penrith thing is that some of these players are actually contracted. So one of the things I want to say is, okay, if you're an NRL player or you're a junior and you're contracted, there's a transfer fee. Yes. Secondary to that, you pay out the rest of your contract. It's, it's not that you can put a line through it. It's not that you can tear the piece of paper up. And I'd love this in the NRL. You have to pay the contract out. Mm. If your con- if the rest of your contract is 500000 if it's a million bucks, you pay it. Oh, you can't pay it? That's unlucky. You're stuck at the Warriors or you're stuck at the Roosters or you're stuck at South, the Panthers, whoever you want to be stuck at. People leave because they think the grass is greener. Well, okay, it's going to cost you to do that. And, but, I mean, you look at European football. I know this is just an example I know, and this isn't even a big money transfer. But, look, you know, you, I, I, we follow Ajax from Amsterdam. Well, look, They're known as a big junior base, and they sell on their players. Ryan Gravenberg is 20 years old, and Bayern Munich, he was under contract. Bayern Munich said, we would love to have him. No worries. He's off to Bayern Munich next season, but it cost him $18.5 million. And that's not even a massive transfer. That's a 20-year-old with a lot of promise. Cost them $18.5 million. Well, that's that's what you a know real what? sport you know, this is does. The thing. We're talking about rugby the survival league is of rugby play, league. Right? We're looking at the survival of rugby league, right? These clubs that that hand over fist pay for their junior rugby league, and it's a good thing. Don't get, I love junior rugby league. I love going to watch it. The thing is, these teams that pay hand over fist for it, if there's a transfer fee, all of a sudden they get paid but, back. And you guys had That's the right so idea important. a few I, I weeks just think ago. That, mm. You guys had the right idea a few weeks ago when we were talking about affiliations out west. Um, like if there's a junior at Dubbo and you know, Penrith have an affiliation, an Isaiah Yo type situation. I mean, I think is Burton from out that way as well. Yeah, it's from Dubbo as well. But yeah, they're from the this, same junior club, St. John's Double. This is where geographically, I don't even care where your juniors are. If the Roosters say, we'll, we want the juniors yeah, out 100%. of Orange. Have well, they got Orange the Central teams. Coast. They've got yeah, the they Central, got Central Coast, Coast now. Yeah, that's, Central true. Coast. that's true, yeah. Yeah, so even when, because um, I think it's funny in the, um, like the Harold Match, you got the Roosters team, you got North Sydney, and I think there's even a Central Coast team. Like yeah, the, the Roosters is. have their finger in three pies in that um, level once you get to about 16, 17 years old, which is where they're really investing but, just before they come through. But you know, what what who's where's the investment for the five year old that falls in love with rugby league because his parents take him down to an open day? That's the, that's the type yeah. of thing that you're talking about with Penrith. and But, the, but same thing with, yeah. okay, say the Roosters nab this kid at 15, puts him through Dolphins. the Harold Mats and everything, and at 20, he gets hit. I reckon pay for him. They saw something in him at 15 that mm. said, come through our system and we'll nurture you. It doesn't yeah. matter where the... Uh, it is a it big issue. Where it happens. It's a big issue, all right? It's a massive issue. Anyway... Look, we don't have the solution. There's got to be something. Uh, look, yeah, and to be honest with you, that's just us highlighting the fact that 
this, yeah, I don't know. I mean, some people would argue the salary cap doesn't um, doesn't work. I don't know. I, it's, I don't know. We, we, I don't want to get into it. Does the salary cap work? Does it not? I mean, the Bulldogs have paid up big for players and they're not winning games, so who knows? Look, it's that's a, that's a watch this space. That's something where I think the NRL needs to evolve coming into this. Um, look, we, we, we talk about them building stadiums, TV deals, the money coming in. If it's going to be a big sport, I think that's a move they've got to make. So, yeah, anyway. Got my value for money there, Griff, on that episode. Thanks, mate. That was a good one. Yeah, that's okay. That's happy good one. I'm glad, I'm glad I touched Pay the... wave. Thanks for the pay wave. <laughs> <laughs> you can buy another one of those hats, Shane. Oh, I'll buy another. Look, and if that didn't grab your eye, Griffo, I'd, I'd be interested to see what did. Let's let's go on a positive note. Let's see what's happening with Griffo's grab. Griffo's grab! What do you got for us, mate? Okay, well, uh, my grab this week is uh, the one and only Latrell Mitchell. Hey. Um, two reasons. Um, <laughs> I thought there might be. One was... Um, was on the field where you know I was watching that game closely because you know I, I, I'm a big fan of the Blues obviously um, and I wanted to see Latrell go well um, and late in the game and, and he was was having a good game but then uh, you know we saw we saw him step up and um, with a great run, typical Luttrell Mitchell power, where he just, you know, a very good defender in Reed Marnie, and he just mm. sort of shrugged him off like a fly. Um, kept going, pass inside, Rabideau's trying. I thought, there's our center for the Blues next week. Um, and then after the game, when he was interviewed, and, um, you know, he was asked about it and he straight out came and said, look, I'm just going to, uh, and any speculation I'm making myself unavailable. Um, I'm just going to concentrate on the Rabbitohs. Um, so he certainly caught my eye, caught both eyes with <laughs> on field. And then, and then the interview afterwards, um, and you know, he's, by people who like him, he's been acclaimed as, as very selfless and um, good on him and all that sort of thing. By the haters, he's been criticised for it. He, he is one of these guys that, you know, people either love him or hate him. Um, uh, you know, I... Uh, I think he's, I think he's a, a brilliant player. Um, as a New South Wales Blues fan, I'm disappointed he's not going to be there. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, you guys, the South fans, you're probably thinking that's <laughs> fantastic because I'm confident that South with Latrell and the Blues without him, both of them can win. So. I suppose. Look. And, and to be fair, it's a bittersweet. Yeah. It's a bittersweet thing because it's rare that South Sydney get people to play Origin, and and, and you know we've been blessed in the last probably five to six what? years where we've got that happening. 
you know, Latrell Mitchell. What frustrated me, I suppose, is that you had a group of people saying, oh, I want to see how he plays first. And then all of a sudden, yeah, people are 60 like minutes gone, oh, he's in my team. It's like, hang on, time out. Like, like okay, test his fitness, yes. If you'd said, look, fitness, yes. And I think you, you said the same thing, Griff. If he's fit, I did, I said. If, yeah, he's, he's, if he's he can prove his fitness, fit. he's straight in there. It's yeah. physiological, not talent. You know, when people are out there in, in rugby league land, we're going, oh, I want to give him 80 minutes to see if he's still got it. Well, he's still got it. The big, the big thing is, and a lot of people are questioning why you'd come out on, on TV and 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 say it. Apparently, if he'd gotten picked for the Blues and declined to play for them, he wouldn't be available for South Sydney this week. You actually, if you get picked to represent your state, and I think that might be the same for your country, and you decline the offer, you actually have to decline to play for your club the next week. So by him going out on public television and saying, don't pick me, it actually allows him to play for South Sydney the next week. And that's yeah, a little yeah. subtlety that, that, thank God, like this is, South Sydney of old wouldn't yeah, have thought South. of this. But thank God oh, South yeah. Sydney got in his ear and said, if you don't want to Dude. play for the Blues, you've got to actually say it on national television, you're unavailable, because that'll force Freddie into not picking you. And therefore, if you're not picked, you actually are free to play for us. Had he been picked in any in the side as as one to seventeen, he wouldn't have been allowed to play for South Sydney. So, whilst the whilst him saying it was great for us, and and I think he's a leader in the club, and the way he stepped up, especially this year, I I, I really applaud the young man. Do we have an issue with players now? What this has done, and and I agree with you, like you know. I'm going to lie on this, obviously. I think the club has done a lot of work with Luttrell in regards yeah. to his image. The fact that um, the they had to cut away from him signing autographs and meeting fans to go to the press conference for Parramatta suggests how long he spent afterwards. And yeah, the, the time that South is spending and saying, look, you know, we're, we're going to work on your image here and um, and show that. What this has opened up is the chat, though, this week, guys, that um, the players... Look, and we know that in the past, Jamie Lyon, he's, he's probably the only other player I can think of that said, look, I don't want to play Origin, I want to focus on my club footy. A lot of people have criticised the notion that players can make themselves ineligible for Origin. Do we... I mean, if... I, I mean, I know with this situation, it's a bit different with... Latrell coming back from injury. I think a part of it too is him saying to South, hey, I mean, Hame Sale tore his hamstring this week. They're not going to spend 50 grand on him going to America. They've invested yeah. a lot in Latrell, and I know a bit of it's him saying, look, I want to repay the club, whether that's him, the club, whoever. Do we have an issue with players saying, look, Origin's coming up this week. I know that I'm well and truly in the contention to get picked. And I mean, let's let's cut to the chase. He, he would have got picked if he was eligible. Do we have an issue with players saying, I don't want to get picked for Origin this week. I want to play club footy instead. I have an issue with it as a, you know, in a general perspective. Yes, I do. Um, I mean, in this case, I understand. I understand it. Um, I'm not being critical of Luttrell. 
but I'm purely looking at it as a as a blues fan mm. and thinking, you know, I want him to play for the blues. Um, I want the blues to have their best chance to win, and and he'd be there. But I think there is extenuating circumstances in this case. But mm. I'm just saying, as a general rule, I don't like. Uh, the fact that people are ineligible. Um, mm. And I don't think it's going to happen often. Most times players will want to play. Well, they want to, of course. Yeah, it's like 30, said, it's 30 grand as well. Payday is pretty handy. Um, <laughs> That's the funny thing. That's what I thought. I actually I, thought that if he plays, he gets 30 grand. Well, there's 20 left to give back to South. Trying to be honest with you, though, I don't think that players... The money's great, and I'm going to sound like an idiot here. The money's great, and I know it's a lot of money. I okay. don't think the money is in the player's mind when they're no, thinking I, about I, getting I picked actually, for Origin. I think the prestige and getting I, picked for Origin, and I've got to let you know a secret here. I heard Brayton Astor say the same thing. He said, if you're playing Origin just for the payday, you're in it for the wrong reasons. He's played I, Origin. I, no one's no one's hoping to get picked to get the extra money. They want to play Origin because it's it's the pinnacle of the game, regardless of what anyone says. It is the the pinnacle. I've given this a lot of thought, and I actually preempted that we'd talk about this. And I'm going to say, in in football, and, and in a lot of things around the globe. Actually, no, I'll start with this. Would you sacrifice your team winning a premiership for the Blues winning the State of Origin? I would not. Uh, I'd rather South win the premiership. No, my I'd team. I go for South Blues. Yeah, true. And everything else is secondary, right? Okay. Agreed. Agreed. Right. Yeah. You know we don't have a 50-50 chance of winning you know what the, the problem premiership. Is? The problem is this. The problem is this. And this is what you find in competitions around the world. Players are starting to think like this. Players are starting to say, you know what? Me winning a premiership here is far more important than the secondary accolades I'm collecting along the way. Now, as a Blues fan, of course, I want the Blues to win. As a South Sydney fan, that is my number one. I don't care if the Blues win compared to South Sydney. The thing is, this is what you're going to have to start to realise in the in football going forward. And we're going to see another big crap storm come about where can I play for the Blues and for Tonga? Yeah, that's another thing. You know, I mean, can people, I play for the Blues and for Tonga? People are upset you know when what? someone doesn't want to be eligible for New case, South Wales. But the Burgess boys would have been front and centre for the Blues for years. Tier one, tier two, because some international and this whole teams... idea of tier one, tier two, and what's that's you know true. What? And this Sam is the Burgess other big situation. Origin. We're looking at okay. Here's a guy who's gone extenuating circumstances. Nine out of ten times, I'll play for the Blues. Right now, I wouldn't. We're talking this. What precedent does the next step bring? And I actually think that's a bigger problem for yeah. for the. You're, you're referring to Brian Toto. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I that, want him there for the Blues. Yeah. <laughs> I want him there for Australia. Come to the World Cup. That's yeah. the, you know what I mean. But the, the, the first, is the first you winger picked for Australia is Tom for the Blues. For those years? The first player. He first started in South. The, but you look at this. The first, and I know we're going on a bit of attention here. The first. Winger picked on club form, origin oh, form, so Brian Toto every day of the week. Brian Toto is the Australian winger, and he is 
decided not to play. Now that's his decision. I respect cool. that decision. That's cool. I and like look, it. As as someone who look, you know, I can't take the moral high ground. I, I'll sound like a massive hypocrite when the soccer world cup rolls around at the end of the year. The soccer are my number two team. I I understand yeah, that yeah, it's yeah, a that. you know it, look but, it's, but, it's hard know, Justin, but is is does look, that mean then mean but you know it's saying that a big fan of the podcast. Is Origin, Big fan of the podcast, Justin, brought up a good point. Is Origin right? the next step to Australia? Is, is it a isn't pathway? Origin, and that's what Justin brought up, isn't Origin the pathway to the Australian team? Well, it used to be. Uh, no, that's right. And that's a good point you just made, Griff. And I think, you know, I don't know. Like, we're talking about players neglecting the or a player and they get neglecting the play. We is this going to be? Is no, Is this a slippery slope? We see it it's, a lot with players that are playing. Is this in the slippery before. slope now? It's where I think the total situation is slightly different. Yeah, of course. Yeah, because he is playing for the Blues. No, no, he is playing for the Blues. He's not over yeah, the hill. He's not playing for Australia. But but um, the thing is, New South Wales is in Australia. That's the hard thing that people have to comprehend. That's the argument at the pub. Yeah. 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 Look. Slightly related, but even more to the point, Hamoli Olakawatu, he made it well known that he did not want to play for the Blues in whatever game, might have been game one. He wanted to play for Tonga. Um, Whether it was game one, game two, um, he made it pretty clear that because he's Blues eligible, but he, he wanted to be uh, available to play in that game for Tonga. Um, I, I think it's something as the strength of these, and if you look at the the NRL now, it's made up probably at least 50% are Pacific Islander um, guys, most of whom, well, many of whom I should say, are from Western Sydney. Born, yep. raised, may never have actually set foot on either Samoa or Tonga or Fiji. Well, um, but their allegiance is there. And if that's their allegiance, well, so be it. Um, I think it's got to get to a point where, in terms of state of origin, um, that, that you do make a decision. Um, it's not if, well, if I don't get picked for them, I'll play for them. Um, you making a decision and, and I want to see a strong international game. Yep. Um, but then I guess it, it comes back to development again and whether it be blue or maroon and you want to develop yeah. your players, yeah, develop the guys who yeah. are going to play for Is you. It, um... Was it Jason Tamalama? Did he play junior Queensland? Uh, I don't know if he did because he played for the Kiwis originally. Kiwis originally. There was one. There's one player. Yeah. I was just. I'm, just, I'm racking my brain. Well, last Luke, year Luke, was Luke, the Luke, yeah. Luke, he wasn't eligible. Then. And, and I, some I, of them, and but Griff, some of them too. Did Tony? Am I? Tony Carroll. Am I pulling that name out? He played for New Zealand and Australia. Yeah. Yes. And, and then so got, there's all been all these loopholes. Get rid of the loopholes. Get rid of the loopholes. And I know players that have been eligible for both. Willie Mason, I think it was one of those other players that had to make a choice, and I think he chose Australia. 
do, do you know what, boys? And, and I know I might be... This is something I said a minute ago. The One of the issues is that the pinnacle of our game is the state level, not the international level. Some may disagree with me, but I will argue... And Brian Toto agrees yeah. with me without saying it that the New South Wales jumper is worth more than the Kangaroos jumper. Can I? Can I? Can I also? Yes, I agree with you on that, Graham. Yeah. By the way, can I state something? There was a there was a great um, Sam Burgess was at at South Sydney, sort of giving a talk one day, and he was saying that I'd give anything to play Origin. It's the one regret that I could. There's no way I can play Origin. It's not a regret, it's a want. And it got me thinking, and back then I said, well, now that's because you're British. Tough luck. Has this now highlighted the fact of what you're saying, Griff? That maybe Uh-oh. we should just start looking at, well, okay, where they've played their junior football, where they've, where they've, where they've been nurtured, the, the, the state in which they've been nurtured, that allows them to play in this type of competition. Is this the, a compensation natural fact, for we're not developing him? We're not looking at the state of origin as a pathway to, to the Australian jersey. We're just looking at the state of origin as you got nurtured through this pathway, through this, through this. I suppose the scary thing is there, you would have had people like James Graham, Sam Burgess, Tom Burgess, I don't know, playing playing for the blues where you sort of go far out. There's there's you know, you're clutching at straws. There's a part of me that does think, though, I wouldn't put those players in 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 the in the mix. I'd say if you played your junior football for a New South Wales or Queensland team, you deserve the right to play for them, regardless of who you want to play your international football for. Because as a junior, say from the age of fifteen, you played, you you, you contributed to the mix that made rugby league a better system for the state and country that like Brian Toto, you can play for Penrith and Samoa because you actually have contributed to the, to the Penrith junior system. You made the Penrith junior system better. Therefore you came through and made Penrith better. I think that if you played junior football from the age of 15, either in New South Wales or Queensland, you deserve to play for that state. Hmm. Yeah, yes, you do. But then I think you've got to say, well, all of the above to what you said, Shane, all of those places you mentioned happen to be in Australia. Yeah. So, you know. Um, I think the main question is, are we saying that if you choose to play Origin, that then you're choosing Australia? I think that's what the punters are asking. Should it be if you play for New South Wales or Queensland that you're choosing Australia? I think so. Yeah, I think in essence, yes. And I think think that's what people are saying. The minute you choose anything else, you have to sit down out of respect for the players that chose something else. And that's the thing too. I think it's one of those things where... Sadly, should have been told that you're no longer eligible for the Blues. And I I think that's where... I wouldn't have a problem with that, yeah. If they said... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 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 you know, you wouldn't. Although I'd want him for the Blues, but unfortunately I'd have to say, I'm sorry. And this is where rugby league as a community is admitting that the international game isn't strong, where we have two tiers... Mm -hmm. It'd be like saying, could you imagine in the world of, I go back to soccer because it's the biggest sport on the planet. Could you imagine them saying, 
Oh, um, Australia is a tier two country. So, you know, if you want, you can flop between, it's, it's bizarre. It is absolutely bizarre to say that some teams aren't as good as others. Therefore (laughs) we can get, I I, I don't know. It's not even that Graham. Look at Jason Tomalima. He could, you know what I mean? Like he plays for some, I know he's played for, for, for New Zealand. All right. Let's play devil's advocate and say he didn't. He could have. Done Alex, what he needed to do in that. But Alex Johnson, at, could, Alex Johnson, Alex Johnson, put his hand up and said, "I'm Papua playing New for Papua New Guinea." A lot of the times we see it where players are at the point where they won't make the Australian, New Zealand, so on and so forth team. They play for their heritage. Look, I don't as, like as hedging said, your bets, though. I hate hedging your bets. As I said, that's why I, I agree. Mm, like, I hate so hedging your bets. But you pledge your allegiance. You pledge your name on the table. We understand it too. If 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 say Shano, someone said, "Okay, we're going. We've, we've got an international selection. We're sportsmen, regardless of the sport. Griffo's eligible for Malta. We're we're eligible for the Netherlands, but it's going to cost you play for the Amsterdam Cobras. You, you can't play for your state. The only team you're eligible is the state within the country that you you choose as your international uh, option." That's the path you go down. Okay, if they and if I they think... brought in a state of origin series, in in New Zealand, like, like, do you know what I mean? It's it's a very unique situation. This is where rugby league is, as we've always said, policy on the fly, and it takes a situation where people decide. I don't think a lot of people necessarily understand, and I actually can understand where Brian Toto is coming from because he probably. And I'm guessing here and putting a lot of, you know, words out there that may not come from Brian Toto. Culturally, he may feel a close connection to his heritage. And that's where he feels he should play. As an Australian, I'm disappointed because I think he's a great player and I'd love him to play for Australia. Because when we follow Rugby League, Australia is the, 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 the team I, I go for in the internationals. Um, I think I'll go what, for some more. I think it's a good I choice. Think, I think that is now where they got Toto. I think what I think what people want to see is they want to see state of origin as a selection yeah. pathway for Australia, oh. and until also, yeah. and until that happens, the international game won't grow. Until Australia, Australia playing for Australia should be the pinnacle for any state of origin player. However, the way that our game is marketed, you know, state what, of origin is a pinnacle. You know, great. I reckon there's a round of football this week, and I reckon you need to play the twelve-hour rule before you talk anymore. All right, you need to sleep on it. But good, 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 good point brought up. I think it's yeah valid. Yeah, I think it's something we can discuss again. Hundred percent. Yeah, the track. And, and I think with I think with playing the twelve-hour doesn't rule, happen that often. True, anyway. but it could have, and if things were slightly different. Anyway, regardless round, of your thoughts, coming up, regardless coming up. of your thoughts, it's not even the gaff. Right me a gap. Jesus. Right, we're not very far in, mate. Told you it's a marathon. Email um, carpoolrugbyleague at gmail.com with your address and we'll send you a gift. If you're for still being, with us. For staying on this line. Uh, two Thank hours you. in. We're only two hours in, mate. I reckon if we pull up before it's only three half, half, it's only mate, half, half done. We've done close to four. We're two hours in. Um, and we've only got four games to preview later. We haven't even got to oh, the origin cool. talk, but we've covered most of it. 
very quickly, the gaff. Um, I know people get sick of it when we hammer the referees, but the referees... Look, it was one of those games the other night, and I don't want to dwell on it because I want I want everyone to understand the better team won on Friday night out at Penrith. Now, there were a lot of people out there to see it. All 16,725 people that were there understand that Penrith were the better team. The... Um, Maybe that's the amount of eyes. It wasn't even that. I'm I'm not, and I'm not even picking out necessarily Jared Sutton here, who was a referee the other night. There are a few things that come up in this. I just want to get your thoughts on, guys. We're not going to dwell on it. Um, Graham Annesley's come out and said that the Verrill's tackle on Sorensen was a mistake. He was not put in a dangerous position. I'm glad that's the outcome of that one because that could have opened up a can of worms because... That was a textbook tackle that got penalised. Um, he tackled him around the legs, around the waist, and Sorensen just happened to fall on his face, which sometimes happens when you get down. The other thing that happened in that game, Griffo, and I'll be interested to see if there was much chatter about it at the ground, seeing as though you're there, was um, playing advantage for a few tackles, then coming back to a play. Um, I know a lot of fans of rugby league aren't fans of this. They're sort of like, look... If the referees missed it, moved on. Um, playing advantage until the next tackle's great. It almost felt like a bit of a rugby union type situation, which you know would have uh, pissed me off to all sorts because I don't really like the game. But I think we were three or four plays later. They blew the whistle and said, hey, back there, we had an issue, pulled off the play. We played the advantage to see if anything happened later on in the set. Um, Simbin XYZ. We don't see that very often, though, do we? Going back a few tackles, because I know even with Captain's Challenge, Video Ref, things like that, there have been a lot of rules over the years saying, well, you know, we've even had times where we've said there's a um, a knock-on in the play, the ball, and because the play's cleared the ruck, you can't go because it's a play before, you can't challenge it. However, the video referee can go, hey, three tackles ago, there was a penalty. We're going to go back to that because you guys didn't score. Uh, just thoughts on playing advantage for a couple of tackles because I know the referees, especially yeah. Jared Sutton's copped a bit for that one. Yeah, when does the advantage expire? That's mm. that's the question. Um, it, it's a, it's it's subjective to a degree. Um, for example, if you know. If there is a foul committed and the teams, you know, they're going to score, you say, oh, we'll just play the advantage and the ref would yeah. get criticised if you didn't play the advantage. Um, I don't think more than two tackles, if you've you've gone more than that you've had and your it's advantage. picked up, you've had your advantage. Yeah. Um, I don't say just that that particular tackle because sometimes, you know, you can make a break and there's no defense there. They make one tackle, but they're not going to make a second one and you score a try. Well, but I think, yeah, once you've had two tackles, um, you either stop and go back or you don't stop after that. Um, you can still um, put a player on report if 
you know, it's deemed to be serious, obviously. And, and the reality is, even if it's not on report, they can still be cited anyway. So, yeah, they find it later. Yeah, I, I think uh, two tackles, two plays. Um, that's your advantage. You don't you don't get a, a second bite of the cherry. That's my thought. Just you did mention rugby union. I just I want to get something in. I thought of this while I was walking either yesterday or today, maybe last night, and. Um, uh, apparently Australia beat England um, last weekend. Mm-hmm. First time in like nine matches or something like that. You know what was ironic? The assistant coach of England, Seabold. Seabold, that's right. Seabold. Yes. 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 Same with love that. <laughs> Seabold. Why does he keep... He just keeps He's everywhere that appearing, keep popping up. You know why? You know why they won? Because the because the because the English side said, "Get him out of here, just throw the game, get it all over." Don't believe it. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. he just keeps appearing all, all over the world. He's like, you know, yeah. I think this is one of those situations, though, guys, where consistency, consistency is what people want. And yep. if they're going to do it one week, you've got to do it every week. If they do yeah, it for yeah. the paupers, do it for the funny thing hero. is, yeah. the, the funny thing is, Gray, that's almost been the crux of the whole podcast, is that we've said along the way, like we talked about penalties earlier, we talked about simbin, we talked about everything. Everything's about consistency. Yeah. And, and you know, look, we saw it in the Blues game where thankfully it helps, it helped the Blues, where it seemed like, advantage went forever in the set and all of a sudden the blues knock on and we get the ball back. Mm. I, I think there has to come a point in time where yeah, it used to be once you sort of run over the advantage line and you ran past what you ran past the advantage, you got the advantage and it was game yeah. on. I I think I, I think more than 10 fear, meters. <laughs> well no and I think the fear is is that does my mistake I made in not picking it up equate to the equate to what's about to happen? And you can't, you're not Nostradamus, yeah. you can't predict that. Just say, just play on. Yeah. No, it's hard to pick. Um, and look, as you said, Shana, we got plenty of footy to talk about this week. Um, obviously, um, we're heading into an origin round. Um, we've got our big origin three preview happening next week. But uh, now it's time to um, get involved and uh, get aboard for our round 17 preview. All right, there's kickoff in round 17. There's the whistle. Oh, I was going to say, where's the, where's the, where's the whistle? The, the whistle was missing. There's our stuff. We've got all our gear in. Uh, Thursday night, 7th of July. This week we've got the Sharks. Now we, we broke that news earlier that Faye sent through. She got it through on the fax machine from an anonymous source. That uh, Nico Hines has COVID, so massive implications for this one. Um, look, we know that there are going to be massive implications this week given the rep round. Um, so for the Sharks, uh, Talakai held on to his spot in the Origin team. That's big news too that we'll talk about. That's in our massive. Preview. <laughs> just, just briefly, I know we're not going to talk about Origin in depth, but Talakai holding on to his spot, is there any... Like, is this some shenanigans where Whiten's going to be in the 17 come kickoff? I mean, 
I don't know. Well, well, is White well, and Hart well, done by? Look, one person has to be 17, one person has to be 18. I would have thought that if Talakai's 18, White and 17. Was, I'm, I mean, I'm not entirely sure. I mean, fans are saying White was rubbish for the Raiders the other night, but he was great for the Blues. Griffo, I yeah, think we were talking point. last week saying we'd have him there. We did. And he was he was awful. <laughs> he was horrible last week. You're only as shocked. good as your you last show. You, wouldn't, you know, gee whiz, you know. <laughs> He you wouldn't made have fed a him. lot of different errors. Yeah, you wouldn't have fed him last week. I, I think maybe they're thinking that the first one was a flash in the pan. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Well, yeah, it's hard. The Sharks hard. are playing the Storm. Look, Sharks are playing the Storm. We yeah. know that Talakai is not going to be there. Connor Tracy coming in. Um, looking at the teams this week, I suppose the, yeah, I mean you got Nick Meany partnering Jerome Hughes in the halves this week. Um, Nicarima down to 18th man. We know Brandon Smith would be at hooker this week, given the fact that Harry Grant's out. Um, Kamakamika back to the bench. Sofa Salomon is starting. Um, Tyron Wishart actually will get into the 17. He's been 18th man for a few weeks, given the fact that uh, there are some origin stars missing. Tough one for the tipsters this week, Griffo, given the fact that there are origin stars out. Storm coming off a loss. Um, how do you see this one? Because, yeah, as, as, as we said, there are some big names missing for the Storm due to origin. Yeah. Um, I've actually already done my tips this week. You know, I tipped the Sharks. Um, this was before you know, the news about Nicole Hines, who is, is listed still there. He obviously won't be playing. So you would expect um, Braden Trindle, who's number 18, would come in and, uh, and play as the half. Um, the Sharks, not overly affected by origin. Um, you mentioned um, Talakai. Um, so Talakai is the only shark, I think, in either squad. Um, and, and now they've lost Hines. Um, I'm still, I'm, I'm going to stick with the sharks, though. Um, I have considered, you know, whether, whether I should change my tip. But I'm not going to. Uh, the reason being that they're a fairly settled lineup. Hines is a, is a big out. Um, I think they, you can cover for for Talakai, who's bringing in Connor Tracy, is a good player. Um, but Hines is, is central to everything they do, particularly in attack. Um, so he is a big out. On the flip side, we saw last week the storm without monster and they were awful um <laughs> they, they and, and and the team isn't all that different now nick me <clears throat> excuse me nick me is a good player but he's not a number six that i'm aware of he's like a number two or a number five you can't play fullback probably he'd say his main spot is fullback but I think he might have played a game earlier in the year at six. Um, 
the you know Iremia, Seve, Anderson. I don't think they're all that good. <laughs> um, these are the sort of guys I was talking about earlier, yep. saying you know in the past they've been able to still win games because the other guys around the superstars were, were solid. Um, I don't think those guys are as good as players in the past have been. Um, still a strong forward pack with a lot of Kiwi internationals there. But um, I think they're going to find it hard perhaps to, to score points. They found it hard against Manly until the last five or so minutes. Um, and uh, and I, I just think Sharks at home. But no better a chance, particularly with no Hines. Yeah, Griff, I fully agree with everything you've said. Um, I I think that the fact that there's no Nico Hines um, probably sways at me picking Melbourne. Um, I was not warming to Melbourne last week. I actually thought, even though they, they flashed home, I thought that was more, you know, that's more, you know, there, there was a couple of calls that sort of went their way that allowed them to do that. I'm going to pick Melbourne because Nico Hines is not there for the Sharks. I think Sharks and Nico Hines goes together like strawberries and cream. No Nico Hines and Sharks goes together like strawberry, like um, orange juice and toothpaste. So I've got the Storm winning with, with not much confidence though, Griff. I, I've got to be, it's got to be said. I, I somewhat agree with you in everything we've said. I, this was the real flip the coin for me and I, it's come up the Storm. Yeah. Um... I'll take the safe option in this one, I think, fellas, based on everything that's been said there. Uh, You're boring. Yeah, I'm doing all right. I, I, don't, know what, I don't know what the safe <laughs> option is. I'm going to say for me. Say. Storm. Yeah, I, 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 I thought I was storm. going out the limb picking the storm. No, nah, I think I think they're the safer option. I, just, I, I know they've got a lot of players yeah. out, but yeah. they're yeah. the storm. Anyway, yeah. what do I know? Well, you're a 50% chance of being right. As I said, I'm towards the top of the tipping comp. I kind of want to stuff it up. Um, so I'll go Storm. I'll tell you what, it's not a bad one to go out in a limb, though. As you said, what's the limb? Where is it? Who knows? Um, but Friday night, we have the second game of the round. It is going to happen up at McDonald Jones Stadium in Newcastle. The 12th place Knights are going to host the 7th place Rabbitohs. This is another game, obviously, where we're impacted by origin and um, injuries here. So... It's a couple of wins for the Knights with uh, Braley being named on the bench for his first game of the season and Bradman Best also back, which will be uh, great news for the Knights given the fact that uh, Gagai is going to play for uh, Queensland and also they're going to be missing Kalen Ponga. Uh, Tex Hoy again, as we'd imagine, is in the number one jersey. Now for the Rabbitohs, we've got Campbell Graham, as Shane mentioned earlier in the podcast. He's suffering a facial, a facial fracture. Is a good tongue twister, facial fracture. Um, well, he'd, he'd probably he'd have trouble twisting his tongue with that sort of an injury. I'd say. He would, he would. He got a fair whack to the face, uh, passed his HIA the other night, came back on, but unfortunately has fractured his uh, 
his face, from what we can see, is probably around the orbital bone up near his eye. Uh, Tane Milne's going to come in and take his spot. We also know that Hame Sele is out with a hamstring injury, so Tom Burgess will start. David Mowale will come onto the bench. Um, Havili taking over from Damian Cook, who is out with the Blues. Nichols has been named at uh, lock for Murray. He's another one, though. Keep your yeah, eye on this baby. one. Yeah, baby. We're smashing. We're hearing though. Smashing. We're hearing though that he's still experiencing concussion symptoms, so he's no. He won't play. He's out. Can they can they bring in Lindsay Collins? <laughs> yeah, that's no, right. Can't apparently. He can play for anyone. Um, <laughs> nah, look, great. Look, from what Arrow I'm hearing, out. Arrow's out with Origin. Cartwright's gonna play his first NRL game uh, for the year. Um, that brings Taff and Cheekham on the bench. Um, Latrell Mitchell will captain the side for the very first time and we are also hearing uh, it's not being reported on the NRL website but our sources are saying that Alex Johnson is in some doubt and that Richie Kenner could very well be brought in Um, Saluka Fafida named 18th man interesting to see if he makes an appearance given the fact that he only became a Rabbitoh this week after being given an early release by the Roosters. Uh, he was scheduled to come to see us next year, but the Roosters allowing him to go early. We'll hit you up first, Shano, being the resident oh, Rabbitoh. Um, thanks, mate. Good good news story last week for the Rabbitohs, minus some key injuries and origin stars this week. Thoughts? Why isn't Lindsay Collins playing for him? But anyway... <laughs> uh, because <laughs> the game's been played uh, in yeah, New South sports, Wales. Sports. I've got two minutes. He's playing for Samoa. You've got to be quick. Um, basically, <laughs> I think Blake Taft will come in. I think that um, Alex Johnson won't play. Blake Taft will come into the side. Oh, yeah. uh, whether it'll be... Um, I know they want Cody Nickarim at one. I think that's that seeing that that can't happen. I think Blake Taft will come in at number two for Alex Johnson, which will push Cody Nicarima into the 18th spot and... And Daniel will come up into that bench spot. Michael Cheekham might even come in and push Tane Milne to the wing. It's look, it's it's a shuffling move. It's I, I really think that whatever they do, it's going to impact because Alex Johnson is the best finisher in the game at the moment. He's the highest try scorer. He he just knows how to find the line. He's done it for so many years. Um, it's 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 really important that, that that gets done well. When I look at the Knights, the Knights forward pack of Clement, Randall, Society, Frizzell, Barnett, and Man. Look, that's a fairly that's a fairly established forward pack. South Sydney need to make sure they step up for that, considering that um, there's two mainstays of their forward pack not there. Sevilla so Havili, I'm so glad he gets to start. I think it's a really good feather in his cap. Um I, I really rate him. He's done some good things. I think Jed Cartwright should go out and buy a lottery ticket. Um, I have seen some, some, some. I have seen some of the games. Uh, good on him. He's there. Mark Nichols won't play. Smashing baby Smashing won't be there. Baby. He won't be there. Which, which, which makes me think that in actual fact, Daniel will get the run, and maybe even Shakai Mitchell may even get in there as well. It's going to be a bit side for South Sydney. It's going to be a bit of a tapestry. I've got them winning. I just think that when you look at the Knights, the Knights are a team at the moment which are struggling. However, 
South Sydney at this point in time with the players they've got out are ripe to be beaten. If the Newcastle Knights want to prove that they are still something for this year, they've got to beat the South Sydney this week, but I've got the Bunnies winning. Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting one, isn't it, Griffo? And I just saw the um, the referees, Todd Smith's refereeing this one. We've got Ziggy as the touch judge. It's Ziggy. been a long time since oh, we've had out. someone... The handout! It's been a long time since we've had someone named Ziggy running down the uh, the sideline when South Sydney are playing. But, um, yeah, some like, w- when you look at it, you've got, you know, gay guy out for... For the Knights, Ponga, they're big outs, but there's a lot of personnel out for South Sydney as well. Yeah, I got a question. You you probably be able to answer it. Um, is Mamazelos injured? No, no, he's not. not. And why he got and why he's not in the picture? They just see Havili as a far more damaging runner and a better tackler. I think Mamazelos will leave at the end of the year. He's just not getting. I wouldn't there. be surprised if. Um... He, he, Cody Nicarima being there is a bit more versatile. He's Habili fallen out play. of favour somewhat, Griff, and I don't know why because I rate him highly. But anyway, okay. that's just me. Because I just would have thought yep. he would have been the logical yeah. <clears throat> replacement. You could still have had Havili mm. on, on the bench. or on the bench. Especially with Sele being out as another. Yeah. Yep. yep. Um, the, okay. I thought he yeah. must have been injured because yeah, he's not I, in the 22. Yeah. No. No, which not is, which is strange. He has been previously, but to my knowledge, he is not. The only injury injured. I know from New South Wales Cup was the season injury, ending injury to Liam Knight from the cannonball right. tackle. I don't know if you guys yeah, saw that. That was a bad one. Looks. Yeah, that was, that was pretty horrible. That was a bad one. Anyway. Okay, look, I'm going to tip South here. Um, I thought last week they were, were they, they beat. One of the well, best boys, in the league. And, and can I can I just add to that? Yeah. Um, it's got a tidbit. Mamazoulos has not been named in the um, Maybe he is injured. New South New South Wales Cup oh, he's side be injured either. Okay. So be he injured. must be injured. Be injured. I, th- I thought it was because South Sydney are seventh at the moment. And if they actually win, they could leapfrog a couple of teams to be right up there. So maybe he he, he carried an injury into last week. Yeah, Mind you, yeah. there's no ins or outs uh, for that that's, that indicates that. Yeah, I haven't yeah, heard any news, but you've got to... Yeah, it has to be. Has either to way, be, you have go. to think that, well, that... With, with, with him not being mentioned in the New South Wales Cup side, yeah, uh, just looking at their team list, um, that he is not... Uh, he's not... It's, it's Shannon Gardner at number nine. Yeah. Uh, this week, and he's not on the bench. Nor okay. so you'd imagine good. he'd have to be injured. Good pick up, so Rico. Good pick up. They've Rico. got a gardener playing hooker. Yep. Okay. Hope he's got. I his guess stage. the Roosters have got a <laughs> a baker being a butcher or something. Apparently, okay. He's going right. around Look. the hedges. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Knights have got a good side on paper. Um, yeah, of course they do. And they've had a good side on paper most most weeks, but um, I just think Souths would have got a lot of confidence out of beating the Parramatta Eels. Yeah, um, it's a big scout. While they're they yes they're losing you know a couple of players to Origin maybe three is it whatever yep. it is it's not yep. Cook no. Arrow Murray yeah. Look, Cook and Arrow are key players for South, but 
um, with the likes of Latrell Mitchell, Cody Walker uh, in the team. Burgess was really good last week, if he can repeat that form. Um, uh, you know, Newcastle's strength to me is in the forwards. I think South should be able to match him in the forwards at least. Uh, and I think, you know, with Cody Walker and Latrell Mitchell in the back line, I think, you know, South are going to score some tries. Newcastle's defence hasn't been rock solid. Um, I'm going to tip South, but, you know, Newcastle are a chance. They're a chance. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'll tip South in this one, but I'll be honest with you, from the point of view of someone who is a South Sydney fan, I'm a bit worried about this. Um, you know, South have been known for being very up and down. Hopefully they take the confidence out of last week. There are some key personnel um, missing. Uh, we'll test their depth this week, but, um, oh, geez. Yeah, uh, you'd, ha- you'd you'd think that most people in your tipping comps would be tipping South in this one. So, um, yeah, I'm going with South, but if you're looking for an upset and you need to make up some points, don't discount the Knights. All right, third game of the weekend is going to happen at Leichhardt Oval uh, on Saturday evening, 7.35 p.m. kickoff between the Tigers and the Eels. Um for the team news, uh, James Tamo returns. He was a late withdrawal from the Warriors game with a calf injury. So, uh, Seyfarth, he'll drop out of the side. Um, Adam he starts at centre at the uh, expense of James Roberts. So I'm hearing a lot of news, and apparently there's a story that's going to break tomorrow, that um, Adam he has had a very frank chat with the coaching staff, particularly, obviously, uh, Brett Kamali, basically saying, look... Um, I want to play 5'8", and he's just about at the point where he says, if I'm not playing 5'8", put me in New South Wales Cup. So be very, uh, very interesting. I mean, if you're, if you're <laughs> that asking... That goes to show where the Tigers are at, where oh, you'd rather look, you get drop play. than play for them. Yeah, and that's, that's saying a bit. Um, for the Eels, uh, origin implications, uh, Junior Bolo, we know will be in Blues camp. Nakore's going to start Madison at lock. Uh, he actually missed round 16 with a rib injury, so he'll be a welcome return. Um, and just for those who are wondering, obviously with Clint Gutherson being a part of the extended New South Wales squad, he's going to be released to play for the Eels. So Gutherson will play uh, fullback in this one. Griffo, we've got a team here in the Eels who are inside the top eight, missing, what we say, one player for origin, not a massive impact, and the Tigers who... We basically alluded to at the start of the podcast. We expect to miss uh, to to lose this one and go to last spot. So uh, I'd imagine many punters would be keen on the uh, the Eels in this one. Well, I'm I'm one of those people. Um, I can't see. I know we had uh, earlier in the year we had big surprise where the Tigers, uh, and I think it was in Golden Point. Um, one with a field goal from, from Jackson Hastings. Um, I'm actually pretty confident Parra win this game and I'm, I'm going to take him as my uh, my margin this week. Um, they're almost at full strength. It's really only you know, Junior Bolo that, that uh, they're missing. Um, there might be you know one or two other guys, but the, their main men are there. Gutherson, Brown, Moses... 
Campbell Gillard, Marnie. Sean Lane's been great for him. Um, Isaiah Papali'i, Madison's back. I mean, this is almost Power's best lineup uh, without, you know, as I said, Junior Balo. Uh, I think they win and I, I think they're going to remember the game where they were sort of embarrassed uh, to come back. It's really interesting, actually, when I looked at this yesterday when I was doing my tips to see it was at Leichhardt. I think it's many, many years since these two teams would have clashed at Leichhardt. It's normally been at uh, at Combank or, or whatever it was previously known as, or at, um, at a course stadium, uh, ANZ as it was known, because um, it's normally a big drawing match. And um, Leichhardt don't hold as many people, but uh, if if we get some half decent weather around, you'd think that. This this uh, there'd be a lot a lot of people going out to watch this game. Um, though maybe uh, the fact that the Tigers are, are struggling, maybe some Tigers fans are going to think, "Why well, would we want to go and see another loss?" Um, it's Eels for me. Yeah, I, I can make this very short and sweet. Eels, Griffo, there's going to be no change in the distance between me and you in the Joker in the. Thief, I'm taking them as my margin. Um, ah. I, I think I've got, yeah, I just, yeah, I, cool. I, I, I'm like you. I think that, I think that the coaching staff and everyone around the, the club would have been very frustrated by last week. They would have been, they've been very unhappy with, with what had unfolded. They would have been unhappy with the, what had unfolded last time they played the Tigers. I think they just want to make a statement. I think this is time for the Parramatta Eels to say, we are here and we want to be in the top four and we want to really make this our year. Eels by Mozza. Yeah, I've got power in this one. Um, they'll, be out, they'll be looking to bounce back from last week. They're a, they're a top eight side, which is impacted um, to a minimal extent. For, for state of origin, a lot of sides with their their quality and their position on the ladder are usually impacted a bit more. So, I, I don't see them being um, you know too far off where they normally are. They'll see last week as a blip on the on the map, and uh, yeah, I, I'd imagine Parramatta will bounce back and get the job done in that one. All right, only four games this week, fellas. So the final game of the round will take place in that um, traditional, I suppose it is now, uh, Sunday 4pm time slot. Uh, the Broncos taking on the Dragons at Suncorp Stadium in Brisbane. Um, as with Brisbane, now that they're, uh, they're, they're back in a bit of form, they're going to be impacted by Origin this year. So Kurt Capewell, Selwyn Cobbo, Pat Carrigan, Tom Flegler, are out for origin. Um, yeah, I think that's everyone. Um, Tamari Martin and Corey Jensen injured. So there's a bit of a shuffle for them. Obviously for the Dragons, uh, the big loss for them due to origin will be Ben Hunt. Um, Jaden Sullivan this week playing halfback. Uh, other than that, they're pretty much looking at the team that lined up against the Raiders last week and got the job done. Broncos are in pretty good form, sitting in fifth position. We know how important this is, Griffo, to the Dragons, given the fact that they are on the edge um, of the top eight. Going up to Brisbane's always a tough ask, but it should be a good game on Sunday, Arvo. Yeah, it should be. Um, 
Well, as you mentioned, the Dragons have only got one player out in origin, that being Ben Hunt. It's a huge loss for, for them. Um, huge loss for them. But uh, on the flip side, the Broncos have got a number of players out with origin and or injury. So um, I think the number of players the Broncos have got out sort of compared to, to the Dragons, um, I don't think there's much difference with, with that player being Ben Hunt being out. Um, I'm going to tip the Dragons mainly on the, on the fact that the forward pack that the Broncos have is not inspiring me. They've got a lot of guys out of their forwards, um, in particular Payne Haas and Patrick Carrigan. In fact, Flegler as well out of the forward pack. Mm. So uh, Kurt Capewell, it's almost a whole forward pack that they're missing. Um, so on the strength of that, I'm going to tip the Dragons. Um, the question mark, of course, is can the Dragons get the job done without their, by far and away their best player in Ben Hon? Um, but I'm, I'm going to back them uh, if they can... Uh, they can play like you know they have been in the last few weeks. Well, I think they can beat this. What is almost a second string Broncos side, Shano. I'm with you, Griff. hundred percent. The biggest the biggest question I had. I looked at the Broncos forward pack and thought, mm, um, that's too many people out. Payne Haas, massive, massive loss if, if that continues. It looks like it will. Um, Ben Hunt has been the linchpin for the Dragon side. He has dictated everything. He has controlled everything. He is the reason why they are where they're at. I, I, I just think that when I look at the Dragons, I'm picking the Dragons because this shows whether they're real about this competition or not. I, I really can't split the sides. I think the Ford packs, I think who's out for the Broncos edges me towards the Dragons. The fact that they're the Dragons and, and that Ben Hunt's out, I, I just think I, I'm a oh, it's, it's question marks. Yeah, it's question that's marks. the biggest question mark. And I think if they want to be serious, they've got to show up when, when certain personnel are not there. And this is the perfect opportunity. Tough, isn't it? Jeez, I don't know with this one. I'm really, I don't know. It was, it was one of those situations where, you know, without looking too deeply in it, you think Broncos, I'd, I'd tip them. But you, you look at the players out for Origin, and you got to wonder if it's, if it's too much. You know, you Capewell, um, Flegler. Cobo, there's a lot of players out, and I know we said like basically it's it's Ben Hunt out for the Dragons, and that's a big loss. Yeah, I'm struggling with this one, um, but I know it's a, it's tough a good ask. week to get the Broncos, Jeez. really, isn't it? Like, oh, 100%. And the thing is, too, the rest of the Broncos draw is pretty good. I'm not that sold on the Dragons. That's the thing. I'm. Uh, you guys, I'll go Broncos just for a point of difference. It's in Brisbane. It's a tough ask, and I think that 
Ben Hunt is very important. Is this a safe option again? It's, it's, I don't know <laughs> if it is this time. It's not. Who knows? This, yeah, there's no safe option here. But um, I don't know. I just got a feeling that the Broncos will win. I don't know. It's, it, I know that doesn't help the tipsters go, oh, yeah, we're going off a feeling. But I don't know. I just, mm, I don't know about the Dragons. I'll go Broncos. I'll be tipping Broncos this week. Okay. Don't have a good justification, but I'll be doing it. You are doing well in the tipping comps, must be said. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll review that next week. <laughs> Some good flips of the coin. That's true. I haven't had a flip of the coin for a while. But anyway, <laughs> look, that brings us pretty much to the end, guys. There's massive uh, news in the NRL. As we said, we, we talked for hours about the goings-on in rugby league. Um, we've got a round of footy this week. It is a shortened round. Next week... Massive show. We're looking forward to the um, the Origin preview. Uh, it's, it's not that far away, fellas, and I know that that's uh, in the back of our mind, um, especially for, say, Griffo. Uh, no Penrith game this week. You'll be able to sit back and just enjoy the fact that there's some footy. Um, yeah, I'll get the bye, the two points, celebrate it's, the it's, bye party. It's it's what you want, Um all the buys out there can come to the <laughs> All the buys. Um, look, we've got, um, as we record this, we're a week away from Origin, so um, plenty to talk about next week. We will uh, get on the airwaves earlier next week. Obviously, it won't be a Wednesday night um, recording given the state of Origin, so look out for the... Um, for the early drop of the podcast next week, most likely look for that around Tuesday with our big Origin preview. But um, look, if you're still with us, good on you. Well done. We're very happy to have you aboard. Um, but yeah, I think that'll just about do us, fellas. Can I, I just ask a question because I, I did miss a little bit of the tidbits. I had a phone call that I had to take. Um, was it uh, mentioned the... <coughs> Signing of uh, Nick Clockleshan stat by the Warriors and the loss of Actually, Reece we Walsh to the Broncos. Did Bronco. not talk no, no, about not, the uh, talk about those switcheroo. Oh, well, that's uh, just, interesting. Interesting. <coughs> we didn't talk about the switcheroo. So that's um, um that that that's the Warriors giving up uh, Reese Walsh, however, gaining Nickel Clockstat. Yeah, interesting. Mm. I mean, I think it's a great. I think the winners to there, the Broncos. Broncos are definitely mm. the winners out of that. They got some um, young talent there now. When you look at it, with you know Cobo. Oh yeah. Yeah, oh, that's um, it's going to be interesting because Cobo was earmarked as a future fullback, but now you know they bring mm. and and Walsh was a Broncos came through. We, we talked about developing. It was developed by the Broncos. Um, gee, I think he's going to be good at the Broncos. Yeah, you, you, when when you look at the links he could have, like the fact that it could be, you know, you, you have a backline play, which is Reynolds to Staggs to, to Walsh. That's, you know, I think that's a, a positive yeah. for the for the Broncos. Is it? Is it fair? Yeah, they're going to be really good next year, the Broncos. Can yeah, I tell you a fair bit of talent to all this. Canberra. Yes. Canberra's struggling and they're losing a very talented. Is that? But he's been on the outer. Like he has, he has, and and you know what? To be fair to him, he hasn't rubbished anything. He hasn't. He hasn't been horrible about it. He just wants to play footy. So, 
They've, they've made it clear to him, though, that, that Xavier Savage is... the fo- Like, if I was Nickel Clockstone, yeah, I'd go, oh, they're, they're putting their eggs in the Savage basket. Um, Savage Garden, can we say? Savage Garden, the, the macho man Randy Savage. But... Yeah, it's, it's yeah they they went a bit they went cold on him they <laughs> went keen on Savage I mean he's playing off the bench and I think Clocks, uh, Nickel Clockstad said I, given his there were a lot of clubs he would have looked at a lot of clubs and said I'd be starting fullback at a lot of clubs I think there's more to this I think there might be a personality thing behind the scenes here you have to think so I mean the poor so. when I say the poor guy this was a team who last week you know were trying to be the uh, Dragons, and they only brought him on with about five minutes to go. Yeah, game you know was done. By, like, it's, you know what, Griff? Since it's, his it's, finger yeah. injury, it's like since his finger <coughs> injury, it's just like we've found something else. Like, I, <laughs> in most of the teams, there's got to be, yeah, be more to it. Got to be more. Got to be more. Has to be more. Look, anyway, there's more to that, but there isn't any more to this episode. We've uh, just about covered everything in rugby league and beyond. Appreciate your support. Thanks for being on board this week, guys. Have a lovely week. Take care, everyone. Enjoy enjoy the half around. Unless they know origin. Unless they know origin.